Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy non-denominational holiday, or just happy Monday evening, guys. We are the only playbook. This is episode 32. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I uh, hope you guys had a wonderful holiday. I'm Sweetcar. I got Shashot, Shovit. What's going on, guys? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, holidays is a wrap, and uh, now it's just getting over with New Year's and getting closer to the playoffs and Super Bowl. Nice. I like how you said rap there. It just triggered me because you rap. Pun intended. On all the way. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, um, as nice as the holidays were, this was like the worst week for major injuries or at least worst month. A lot of people have been dropping like flies and we lost some serious names this weekend as well. Yeah. COVID and uh, other injuries yeah, as well, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Season ending injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, a lot of players come off the board here early in games or prior to kickoff and now out for season. So we'll obviously jump into all of that. Uh, unfortunate or fortunate for people who are playing against them in the fantasy footballs, you know, whichever way you're looking. But um, I know nice. we got some big in-house fantasy football playoff implications. Um, Shishot's pretty much solidified himself in the finals in our league. Congratulations. Shovit, you are currently projected to win and also clinch a spot in the yeah. finals. Projections don't mean shit. <laughs> I, <laughs> Let's I know. be honest. I, I, I 100% trust me. If there's anybody that understands the skepticism, it's me. Yeah. Um, but just so the audience knows what's going on, you're up 10 right now. Yeah. You got Devontae Parker tonight, and you have Brett Maher, who is the Saints kicker. Yeah. And then you're playing Ayush, who's again down 10, but has Alvin Kamara and, and has the Dolphins defense. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, right now, it's 74 to 74. Yeah, because Dolphins defense will get 10. Exactly. But you got two guys, he's got one. Right. But it is Alvin Kamara. And the only reason I even mentioned that is because last year, right around this time, Alvin Kamara put up six touchdowns against the Vikings. Oh, so, great. <laughs> I got a little PTSD from that. I didn't mean to push that on you at all. <laughs> um, but anyways, we'll jump into all of this, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we're happy to be here. Uh, again, hope you guys enjoyed your holiday. We had a little bit of a holiday special here, our social media giveaway. Um, again, encouragement to everybody that engaged thank you so much for everybody that replied messaged us uh our social media giveaway for christmas this year was ten dollars in bitcoin to the person that got the closest to whoever was going to score the highest individual performance this week in 20, fantasy football Twenty thousand sats Twenty thousand sats equivalent to ten dollars equivalent to sats. whatever we said the bitcoin was going to be worth at ten dollars when we were recording last episode it's already changed that's the beauty of this gift. Wow. We could have literally said we're going to give. Yeah. Just think about that. That's, that's wild. So uh, thank you for everybody that engaged. Uh, Shashok, give us give us the results. Who, who, who do we have here in third place, second place, first place? Who was the highest scorer? Yeah. So um, you guys did a great job uh, communicating with us on Instagram as well as on uh, Twitter. And after adding up all the numbers and looking at how things went, T. Higgins ended up scoring the most fantasy points. Who would have thought? God damn, T. That Higgins. man is on a tear. Dude, he's That man's on a tear. 43.4 total fantasy points in PPR. With That's with 12 catches out of 13 targets. <laughs> Unreal. That's insane. So anyway, so we had to find out which people guessed closest to that number. Some people had uh, some people got it completely wrong. I think they thought like a total team. Yeah. But that wouldn't make sense because, uh, you know, this wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Because we said like, Individual. Yeah. But anyways, uh, Ben Tillman got the closest with 45.1. Devij got 38.7. And Asharaya, 36.8. <laughs> I'm sorry for butchering your name, dude. We go way back. Congratulations on your engagement. Um, yeah. Right? 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fantastic. Congrats on that, by the way. I don't know if you've even talked since that's happened for you, but that's awesome. But yeah, also, you get $10 in Bitcoin, so don't spend that all in one place with your fiance. Uh, Davij, Bitcoin fucking guru, gets more sats on sats on sats, so just rack up those sats for you. And shout out to Ben. He's been one of the most engaging person on social media with our platform all there's, season. There's clearly a trend here. Yeah. There's clearly a trend. It's the people that like... Ask us many questions along the way. It's the people within the fantasy football yeah. uh, podcast itself. Like mm-hmm. we're the ones in the finals. We're the ones in multiple finals. You know, we're the ones winning giveaways pertaining to football. So it's like clearly, the more you give a shit about it, the higher your chances are of succeeding. And the best way to give a shit is to listen to our podcast because we go. all give a shit. We give yeah, tons exactly. of shits. Yeah. And, and we can't stop shouting out like Tanner, right? Like yeah. Tanner uh, <laughs> that keeps us asking us questions. He's like, what should I do? Is this guy in? Is this guy out? And uh, yeah, ne- next year we're going to have to tell him he's going to start paying us. <laughs> <laughs> but it keeps us on our toes. We certainly appreciate yeah. the engagement at some point. Yeah. You know, it, maybe it'll end up being too much because we'll get too much engagement. But up until that point, Tanner, you know, appreciate yeah. everything you've asked Keep up the good work, us. buddy. Yeah. Keep up the good work. I hope you started Antonio Brown and not started Thielen. I think he did end up not starting Thielen, which good. is good. good. Good on him. Good on him. So thank you so much, Ben Tillman, Devij, and Ashreya. You guys were the three closest. You guys are going to get $10 in Bitcoin uh, directly deposited into your crypto wallet. Uh, we will message you separately with the details. So again, thank you so much. Merry Christmas, non-denominational holiday, whatever the hell you celebrate. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. So uh, let's kick things off. Dr. Shashot, uh, we'd already touched on it because this is just a revolving door of injuries. Uh, what's on the medical report this week? Okay, so some major injuries first. Uh, James Robinson tore his Achilles yesterday, <laughs> which is out of nowhere, but he did after three plays. So he's out for a season, and he's out for anybody uh, anybody's fantasy team. Uh, number two, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He got injured during the game. They said it was a collarbone injury. And then later in the post-game uh, press conference, they said it was a shoulder injury. They got an MRI of the collarbone, and it was negative. So I think it's more shoulder-related. It's probably like a grade two or three AC sprain at this point. That's what it looks like. He's week to week. And uh, for us fantasy per- uh, football people, it, all that really matters is one more week. And that one more week, he will not be playing. So it's Daryl Williams time once again. So uh, Daryl Williams is going to fit right in, and he gets all the goal line carries. They do use Gore quite often, mm-hmm. but... Between the 20-yard line and the end zone, it is Daryl Williams. City. And they throw the ball to him a lot. Yeah. Even this week with when Clyde Edwards-Alaire was healthy, they were throwing yeah. the ball to him. Right. They were throwing the ball to Williams like it was Tyreek Yeah, Hill. he was a leading uh, receiver <laughs> for many parts of this game. Yeah, no, I, I decided to start him, and uh, he was getting those catches, and so he got me, I think, a solid 10 points on, yeah. on half-point PPR. So, um, yeah, with no CEH, looks yeah. like he's going to be the lead yeah. guy. He's, he's, I mean, that's like we're talking 17, 18 points. Yep. Um, Miles Sanders out for week 17. He broke his hand. Surprise. <laughs> he comes and he goes. He's like just the, the epitome of like flipping a coin, like fantasy points or injury. It's just one or the other. <laughs> um, so he's out for week 17. Jordan Howard is also banged up. He may also not play, but he has a much higher chance of playing than Miles Sanders does. And if neither of those guys are playing, it's Boston Scott time. <laughs> Once again, they play the Washington football team who I, I, we should probably remove the word football from that part, and we should just call them Washington team because they don't know how to play football. Um, Jimmy G, this morning, this is a pretty significant injury. Uh, it said he had a thumb injury, and he was expected to play, but he didn't show up in practice. Later, we find out it's a serious thumb injury. He may not even play next week, which, you know, now we're talking hindering the big dude's fantasy points. Like, Debo Samuel's points are 
concerning uh, Kittle's already concerning fantasy points are now even more concerning. So we're going to have to keep track of that, see if he just tapes it up and wears glove or whatever. But right now it's a significant thumb injury. Does that uh, mean Trey Lance season? Yeah, it does. That's God. literally what it means. So fantasy pickup there yeah. for finals. It's risky, but you know, you know, you never know. We'll have to calculate that when it gets closer to that week. When we find out Jimmy G in, in fact is not starting. Uh, Adam Thielen looked like he was, you know, good to go. He had like five fantasy points uh, by the second quarter, and then he re-aggravated his ankle. He tried to come back in, caught a pass, then he never came in again in the third quarter. So. Uh, not only do the Vikings miss him, but a lot of fantasy owners are going to miss him for this last game. Uh, KJ Osborne is again, a valuable pickup once again. So there's that. And then, um, Daryl Henderson, um, this is weird because he injured his, he sprained his knee during the game, but he was already underutilized that game. So this is not why he performed so poor. He performed poor because he's a backup. So, um, yeah, it's Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle, yeah, for sure. That's wild. I, just how the tables have he turned. Learned the playbook. It, it was. That's all it is. That's literally all it but is. But is Sony Michelle that much more talented than Daryl Daryl Henderson? No, I don't think so. But he he can handle more like workload. Like Daryl Henderson, his his downfall, his whole career has been just getting injured. He's like a you know smaller back. He's not like typical big guy back. So those guys need complimentary football from someone else and. Uh, you know, Sony Michelle doesn't really need that as much. So I, I guess, you know, the whole, their, their game plan was eventually start Sony Michelle. And with that Daryl Henderson injury, uh, like a couple of weeks ago and on the COVID list, they kind of just had perfect timing for Sony Michelle to take over. And now they were both healthy and they still chose Sony Michelle. So it looks like it's pretty safe to say Sony Michelle will be a valuable start next week in fantasy football. Um, and then just two more things, and then we're going to jump into the COVID list and run through that really quickly. Uh, Darren Waller might be able to practice for the first time in many, many weeks this Wednesday, but he was not seen practicing today, and he won't be practicing tomorrow. So uh, desperate people um, that are that have little to no tight ends and are just bouncing off, your Darren Waller might be back for you. Um, and then Lamar Jackson. Uh, Harbaugh said that um, we will see as we get to Monday, yesterday. Today is Monday. We haven't heard anything yet, so... Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen there, but does it really matter at this point? They all seem like the same quarterback that play the same way. And, you know, Lamar never really showed us anything interesting for us to be like, let's get Lamar back. So uh, he was kind of on like this downward spiral. Kind of sucks because we didn't see if he could like come back from that. But he should be coming back at least on the football field very, very soon. Um, so that's it as far as like actual injuries to body parts. But now we're talking COVID list. Kareem Hunt is activated off the COVID list, but he still has an ankle issue. So if you're holding on to Dearness Johnson, hold on to him a little bit longer. There's only one more week left, so don't really worry about it too much. Uh, Matt LaFleur said there's three or four new players on the COVID list today, and he did not mention who they were, but he did say they were later going to be released this evening. So in the next couple of hours, we should find out the new four Packers that are on the COVID list, and that could be terrible news if there are some big-name guys. Um, Mike Evans is now on the COVID list, but he already had a hamstring issue. So, uh, a lot of people were already preparing him to not play this week. Uh, Mike Williams is also on the COVID list. He is unvaccinated, so he won't be playing this week for sure. Uh, Josh Reynolds is on the COVID list. Why do I tell you that? It's not that big of a deal. He's not even targeted that much. Well, he is in the same receiver group as Amon Ray St. Brown, who has been the number one receiver in fantasy for the last four weeks. Um, if for some reason, you know, uh, Amon Ray St. Brown is considered a close contact. He will also not be able to play this upcoming week. Uh, he would need five, uh, depending if he's vaccinated or not. I don't know if he's vaccinated, but he would need uh, a negative, back-to-back -back negatives within five days. So 
Uh, that's the only reason we mentioned Josh Reynolds there. Uh, Jared Goff is back from the uh, COVID list. Didn't really seem to hinder St. Brown's fantasy points, but that's what we got as far as the Lions' COVID list goes. And then Julio Jones and Westbrook Ikene were added to the COVID list today. Uh, you know, that's just – they already only throw to A.J. Brown anyways. I'm not <laughs> sure if this really matters. Uh, and then three more things. Rashad Perriman is officially off the COVID list, so he's going to come back to help out Antonio Brown. Uh, as well as Tyler Johnson, because those are the only wide receivers they have besides the two other tight ends, and their running backs who cannot catch worth crap. Um, and then Allen Robinson got activated. Take that how you want to. Uh, probably not going to be starting him, but he's activated. And then Marlon Mack is on the COVID list. Again, why do I say that? Jonathan Taylor owners, got to be a little bit careful in the next few days as yeah. far as what can come in the news. COVID by association. Yeah. yeah. Exchanging saliva in the locker room. Oh, yeah. That's gross. Dick taps. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, see, that's the kind of shit that you won't get anywhere else. No one else right. is going to tell you Marlon Mack is on the COVID list because right. everyone else thinks it does not matter, but it absolutely matters. Yeah. It absolutely it matters. It does. Because if that's your one person you're relying on heavily, you got to pick up all their backups. Yep. Unfortunately for our league, all the backups are gone. So. <laughs> backups backups are already picked up in our league it yeah. just be like that um thank you for the injury report dr shashot we are sad for all the people that are hurt we hope all the covid people come back unless you're playing against them then you probably hope they don't come back so um injuries continue to pile on uh you know doesn't matter the week injuries will be there so a lot of games to unpack this week guys let's jump right into it thursday night football kicked us off with the san francisco 49ers traveling to tennessee to take on the titans uh, san francisco actually came in here as road favorites Minus three, over-under was 44, uh, and the Titans had kind of been on a downward spiral. Injuries had been completely uh, decimating them, but an impressive victory at home, 20-17 to 17 final. Titans win outright as three-point dogs, under 44 hits. Tennessee is now 10-5. and five. 49ers do drop to 8-7, and seven, but they don't lose a single spot in the playoff contention. They're still sitting in the sixth spot in the wild-card race. Tennessee is still number two at 10-5. and five. So, um Impressive victory, I thought, at home for the Titans. I, I think a lot of us were expecting the 49ers to continue to roll. That was not the case. What did you guys see here? Yeah, I think that impressive victory for sure. The 49ers looked like a complete different team in the first half than the second half. The first half, their defense was stepping up. Um, you know, they were they were doing they run they were running the ball and throwing the ball really well until the second half comes around and their defense just kind of collapse and Titans are are able to score. Huge, huge, huge AJ Brown day. I mean, it was like it seemed like every pass that Tannehill uh, was throwing was to AJ Brown, and at, in the first half, like he kind of looked like he was dropping passes. Yeah, he dropped like three passes. In right, the first half. and in the second half, he just <clears throat> implodes and goes. That's what happens when off. you have a star? Just because they drop the ball a couple times doesn't mean you stop throwing you them the ball. Yeah. Him, right? So yeah, for people that started AJ Brown, like I mean, after coming off the injury and things like that, like I'm you, you got paid basically. Yeah, th there was one actually crazy fact. So uh, we've had already had sixteen round of games this year, right? AJ Brown had the highest number, highest percentage of his team's uh, yardage as in, oh, wow. one, in one single game this year. Wow! So like all those big Cooper Cup games and stuff, uh -huh. uh, there were still like other players that have like seventy yards and stuff like that. But this game, uh, I actually haven't looked at it myself, but that's what I saw as far on a stat sheet. Um, yeah, so he had one hundred and forty-five yards, and like the next closest receiver had thirty-eight yards. Yeah. So as far as like a team, like, like targeting a player goes. He was insanely targeted. 16 targets. The next closest person had three targets. Yep. So they've made it clear, like, when this guy is healthy, they're going to be giving him the ball. Um, and then Derrick Henry might still come back in the playoffs, right? Derrick Henry maybe is maybe three weeks away from coming back. So 
if you have that tandem going, and then, I mean, I would ignore Hillary Jones at this point, but if they can get their running backs to start catching some passes too, then they might have a legitimate shot at the thing that we thought they were weakest at, which was like offensive firepower. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Debo Samuel still had a solid game. Um, him and Ayuk had two big plays uh, in the fourth quarter. The 49ers had the ball at the five-yard line. I think they go 95 yards to get a touchdown. It's a tie game. But then it all comes down to the 49ers defense, defense where uh, Tannehill runs it for like 15 yards, yeah. gets a first down. I didn't see that coming. And 23 yards. Is it 23 yeah. yards? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, 23 yards. Right down the middle. Yep. And I, I didn't see it coming. I'm sure the 49ers didn't see it coming. No. Sets up a field goal, and then they win. They go on to win the game. It's a perfect design. It's it's the, like it's just a perfect diagnosis there of a guy who can do that, yeah. but doesn't do it often enough. And in a situation where he hasn't done it often, he pulls the trick out of the bag. And, yeah. and having that added you know weapon to your arsenals, it became the difference maker. I mean, I, w- I would still say the 49ers play relatively decent even on the defensive side of the ball, right? 17 points till the final field goal. Uh, I think you'll take that every game game but jimmy g's two interceptions proved costly down the stretch and um the thing the titans did was they protected the football they didn't run the ball necessarily well but uh with how many times they targeted aj brown they still did not turn the ball over so um credit to the titans they needed a victory now they're sitting second atop the afc um they don't necessarily to in my opinion have a chance to I mean, they do. They're only one game out from the top seed, but the Chiefs are riding so high that I think the Tennessee Titans are going to have to win out and then hope the Chiefs lose. Which is probably not going to happen. Yeah. So so it's going to be tough for them. But second seed, despite you know having that early run and then fumbling the bag a little bit there the last couple of weeks, uh, you still got to be happy. And then the optimism that if they get into the playoffs and Derrick Henry is back, I mean, mm-hmm. watch out. I mean, all of a sudden the Titans are back to being a force. So yeah. uh, they play the Dolphins next week. Dolphins have a big game tonight where they can make it seven in a row. I hope they make it seven in a row because then that just makes that matchup next week that much more imminent uh, in Tennessee with the Dolphins coming into town. The 49ers get an easy bounce back game next week. They take on the Texans. Anything else you saw from this game? And it might not be as easy because they may not have Jimmy Garoppolo at that time. And um, yeah, that's another thing about these, like, you know, when I think of like a really good team, I think of a team that has established their run game really well and they can complement pass game and has a good defense, right? That's basically the 49ers, like 49ers, Colts. I feel like those are like the most complete teams. But the problem with these complete teams is that if, you know, the quarterback, what's the quarterback's role in a team like yep. that, right? Play safe. Complimentary. Compl- play very safe. And yep. once these quarterbacks start throwing picks, you're not going to win the game. It's almost impossible to win the game with that type of uh, strategy. That's the problem with this like conservative run first approach. Is like the quarterback has to play perfect. Yep. Yep. It, it, that I mean, you're spot on. The the way this off these offenses work is because the quarterback plays play action. Right. They they come off of the run like 25 to 30 times a game and the minute a Garoppolo or even a Tannehill or anybody like that is forced to be like you're down let's start throwing the ball Mm -hmm. that's when you see these interceptions and that's when you see these teams that are not built to come from behind so uh it's important for these guys to get out early get the lead and start running the ball but uh that was a good game on Thursday night we had a couple of games on Christmas on Saturday first game in Lambeau the Cleveland Browns came into town Packers came into this game seven and a half point favorites at home over under sitting at 45 and a half uh they win a closer game than I think they would have liked 24 22 final they are now 12 and 12 and 3 they're one win away from pretty much locking up the first round buy in the nfc so they are sitting pretty browns now dropped to seven and eight their last place in their division they're still not technically out of playoff contention but it is looking bad uh cleveland does cover the seven and a half point spread over comes in by half a point at 46 with 45 and a half um aaron Rodgers and the packers came out early and often and just absolutely annihilating things and um, I think the story was just, again, every week it's the same thing. Baker Mayfield, like, 
he just can't get the job done. Mm-hmm. He had opportunities. They were able to come back in the fourth quarter. Um, but there's just time and time again where it's like, here's a play where we need to rely on Baker Mayfield to come through in the clutch for us, and he doesn't. Sacked five times, four interceptions. I mean, there's no way you're going to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers with four interceptions. And the fact that they were st- it was still a two-point game, I mean, that's that's to me, that's a win in itself, although we don't hand out moral victories here. Yeah, I think that the it was so close and it's unfortunate that the Browns lost this game to be honest with you because their that last play I feel like could have been pl- uh, could have been pass interference yep. he kind of got pulled and that slant I think Landry got pulled uh, and and he and the defender gets a pick so you know it's it's unfortunate that it happens but those first three interceptions though yeah. those were those were like terrible throws <laughs> yeah. and overthrown to the receiver you and just easy pickings for the defense so um, you can't win games uh, your whole team the defense plays well you know, obviously they scored three touchdowns. Uh, the Packers scored three touchdowns, but three think, points in the second half. Th- yes, that's. I mean, that's credit to your you defense. You set yourself yep. up for the offense to go out and uh, win the ball game, and they just don't get it done because of the turnovers. Right, and you know, poor Nick Chubb. He was playing his hard out Ass like off. that is they were setting them he was single-handedly setting them up uh setting them up for a win because they were that second half was just all browns they just made held on to that clock milked that clock down just and kept churning these yards out there was a time where they went to nick chubb five straight plays they're like at that point like after that fourth play aren't you tired because yeah. he's like bruising through people running fast but you know that he did what they had to do he mm-hmm. literally had the team on his back and, you know, what's funny is we, we know that last interception and could have been play, uh, right. pass interference. Pass However, there was two other times in that same drive that he could have thrown a pick. This is yep. true. Yep. So it's like he's literally trying to lose <laughs> the game. Like this, like it's he's, not just, like, he's just not the quarterback that needs to be there. They, no. like, they need to go away from Baker Mayfield. You're not going to be able to have a solid uh, football team with Baker Mayfield. Right. Baker Mayfield just needs to basically at this point reevaluate himself. I like here's the thing. He's playing in a contract year and he's almost playing himself out of a contract. Right. He's the the more the fact that he was hurt, right? And he he wanted to continue to play. He was out like a week or two, but he wanted to continue to play. I still believe that that left shoulder is still fucking with him, right? Like I feel like he's wincing at times. I just think the inaccuracy is so much more inaccurate mm-hmm. than even what we were accustomed to seeing from Baker yeah. that I'm like, dude, he's not right. Either he's not right or somebody just lost his talent like 7 weeks in seven weeks um, ago when he was playing a lot better. So to me, it's two things. He's playing himself out of a contract, and at the same time, he's hurting the Browns. The Browns had put themselves in a situation to make the playoffs, and because of Baker Mayfield now, they're pretty much out of it. Like, right. they're 7-8. and eight. I don't see them even winning at 9-8 and eight and getting in. So um, Cleveland Browns, you know, thinking they had their quarterback of the future, now they don't. Now they're going to be quarterback searching again, right where the Cleveland Browns are historically always been. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield – his trajectory in the NFL all of a sudden looks very, very scary. He's, he's going to be a really, really good backup one day. Like, he'll be the best backup. But, dude, like, you've been given every – like, which quarterback doesn't dream of having a solid run game so they only have to throw, like, 15 passes a game? He's been given that opportunity, and he still can't excel. And and the, the, you bring up that note, and that was actually where I was alluding to, is, like, Baker Mayfield has the capability to be a solid backup for years to come mm-hmm. or maybe even be a guy that gets thrown into the role to start but has to have a great defense, has to have a run game. But the only thing holding him back because he has that right now is his, his own his ego. Yeah. He, he thinks he is better than he actually is. He tries to make plays <laughs> that he is not capable of making, and that's a really tough self, self-realization to come to. But, bro, this isn't Oklahoma anymore, right? Like, the shit that you were doing in college is not going to work anymore. And four interceptions in a game against the Green Bay Packers on the road in Lambeau, and you're still two points away from winning this game. You're the reason they lost. Yeah, he should apologize to the yes, rest of the team. you're the reason they lost. You, they 
they could have stole this game very easily. Ah, it's just frustrating. Uh, but on the other end of the spectrum, yep. uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's the first QB with 15 or more passing touchdowns and no interceptions and 1,500 passing yards in a five-game stretch since he did it last time in 2014. So, like, dude, wow. there's only one standard for Aaron Rodgers, and it's himself. It's Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Yeah. He's wow. a beast. He's, he's an absolute beast. They're 12-3, and three, like I said. They got the Vikings next week. It's a must-win game for us. But the Packers are coming into town, or they're actually hosting this game as a must-win game for themselves because a win, and they have locked up the number one yes. seed. So yes. they still have plenty to play for there. The Browns have to travel to Pittsburgh, show it to take on your Steelers. Uh, divisional game, but both teams really needing a bunch of help at this point to make the playoffs. Uh, last thing to note in this game, the Packers were my survivor pick. I'm now 16-0. So two more games left, two more weeks left. Damn. Uh, Did you? Okay, we'll talk about that. Yeah, something something to think about next game hey, on christmas hold on before we get there i got breaking news uh Shit. jimmy garoppolo's thumb is actually broken oh no. and he has a torn ligament but they haven't ruled him out for this game okay. but he, but he, yeah, yeah, yeah he's not <laughs> use no your thumb. medical expertise yeah. there to show and yeah. tell us what's happening he, no he's not playing yeah. he, he already sucks at throwing like let, let's not no yeah. he's not playing yeah. and number two brashad breeland has signed with the Jeez. Arizona Cardinals. Oh, wow. Okay. Correct color. Wow. So, yeah, they did need a little bit of help in secondary, and they got worse. Pat, Pat, <laughs> P, Pat, P, Pat P was like, hey, go to my old team, bro. They suck. Oh, they man. could use a worse cornerback. Um, good for him. Did you? I saw, just last thing, I saw on Twitter the Vikings beat reporter, one of their guys, Chris Tomlinson or whatever, oh, that yeah. old dude. Yeah. Super annoying. Everybody hates him. because. But the reason everybody hates him <laughs> is because he asks very direct questions, which I can respect in a reporter, sure. but it rubs some people wrong way. Yeah. Specifically, Brashad Breeland. He's been, this guy's been at his throat all year, and like half of Tomlinson's tweets are like, Brashad Breeland has now dropped to 119th <laughs> out of 119 cornerbacks in PF, you know, like shit like that. So it's like, I, I get why Breeland's pissed, but at the same time, he's not wrong in what yeah. he tweets. But Breland gets cut, and this week, Tomlinson <laughs> tweets, despite not playing an entire week, Brashad Breland has actually climbed the charts in PFF and cornerback <laughs> grades, and Breland just attacked him, bro, just attacked him. But I thought that was hilarious. Breland is out a week, doesn't play, and he actually yeah. moves atop the charts. Oh, man. Um, so that was really funny. But that's awesome. That's, that's uh, Breland's uh, villain arc. Yeah. That's the beginning to yeah. his villain arc. Hey, I hope the best for Brashad Breland, but I honestly, talent-wise, it's just quite not there. Yeah, so I feel bad for the Cardinals yeah. there. Um, the Cardinals, speaking of them, they just signed Breland. Uh, he, they're going to need a lot of help. They took on the Colts this week. They hosted the Indianapolis Colts who came into town. Uh, Cardinals were favored by one point at home here, over-under sitting at 49. And the Colts, again, the Colts that nobody wants to face, continue to rack up convincing victories. Win on the road here, 22-16 to final. Cover the one-point dog spread, under 49 hits. Colts are now 9-6. and six. The Cardinals have dropped to 10-5. and five. The Indianapolis Colts are a force to be reckoned with. Jonathan Taylor, with the most quiet game he's had all season, still had 107 rushing yards. This team, I don't, does anybody want to play this team in the playoffs right now? No. A team that you know is going to run the ball at your throat. They have the best running back in the league right now to this day, at least this season-wise, and they still cannot stop it. They're still successful in yeah. doing it. The only way they can lose this is if Carson Wentz does some weird shit, right? Yep. But he's not doing that as of recently. Hey, Baker Mayfield, take some notes. <laughs> right. That's Exactly. That's literally what Baker Mayfield needs to do. Carson Wentz has two or more passing touchdowns and no interceptions for the seventh time this year, which is a career high for him. Um, and he's had six such games in his previous two seasons combined. So he's playing the best football he's ever played. And that with like the best running back in the game right now and with the defense, which is stingy against many things. What more do you want? Right. What more do you want? But the, I do see some concerns, you know, like because like I said, you always want to see like, how could this team lose? How, yeah. do you, how do you beat this team? And they don't really score many points because they're still the, that conservative team. They're yep. a very conservative team. So if a team like the 
Chiefs comes into the picture, it's a whole different game, right? Yeah. So they're beating down all these other teams that play similar or worse than them. But, you know, the standard is still the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I think when you have Jonathan Taylor, it's just so scary that like when you have these like play actions and then screen passes, it kind of sets you up to like get at, to the opposing um, players like you know yardage field, and, and yeah. field and and uh, at least score field goals or touchdowns. Yep. So you know you don't have to have an explosive offense. You've got a strong enough defense and you're able to do that. But the Cardinals, man, they they just kind of blew their opportunities by like missing field goals. Yeah, and two, two field goals by one of the best kickers in NFL history. Right, right, and they were 50 yarder, I think, and and uh, and he missed an extra point as well. Yep. Um. So you know you you lose seven points that can. That seven points is yeah. like that's the know, difference between the win and loss. 22, yeah. 16 yeah. and twenty-two. That's that's the difference there. Um, so it's it was it was missed opportunities for the Cardinals to and uh, to not be able to capitalize, and they've also lost three straight. So I wonder if and you're, four straight at home. So that's a little concerning, right? And they've dropped. They're they now don't lead the division. The Rams lead that division, and the Cardinals are now fifth place in the wild yeah. card. Yeah, we we talk about Cliff Kingsbury as like a really good coach and all that. There was only two plays that happened that was more than sixteen yards. Oh, so wow. I wonder if that offense is the AJ like, Green catch. The AJ Green yeah. catch that was one like catch, thirty yards. Thirty yards, and there was another one. Um, I, I don't remember. Might have been Kirk other. or Edmonds. Yeah, and AJ Green. He had he was wide open at one point in the middle field. Yeah, and Murray just kind didn't of see him. didn't see him at all. So his plays like that, you just have to capitalize on, and they yeah. just weren't able to. Well, do. What's funny to me is like I I have never just like sat down here and like praised the Cardinals all year because we've seen we've seen firsthand like I can name you two games right now that they could have lost the Vikings game and the Packers game right like the last second stuff like you can't you can't keep. Like you have to put your foot down if you want to be the best team in the league mm-hmm. and just start racking up wins. You can't just sneak out wins like the Ravens. Look what look what's happening to them now. People, they're they're like yeah, people. They were eight and five or whatever, and people were like, oh my god, the Ravens. But in reality, they've been sneaking out wins, and Cardinals are sneaking out wins. Sneaking out wins isn't going to get you to the Super Bowl. Like take a note. Like even the Miami Dolphins are playing better football than both these teams, as well as the the. Uh, the Rams Chiefs, and the know, Chiefs. Rams, yeah. You know, like they're you gotta you gotta start doing stuff. It's week sixteen. You know, you can't just be like hoping for the best. Yeah, and it's that it's that same story we kind of talked about last week and what we talked about in the preview episode. I need to see a game where Kyler Murray convinces me that he can lead this team in the playoffs. Yeah. And and it is concerning, right? You mentioned Cliff Kingsbury, like everybody views him at this as this offensive savant and like the future, like the McVeighs, right? And all the only difference in what's happened between this team currently constructed and like a couple of weeks ago is DeAndre Hopkins. And don't doesn't it feel like they have so many weapons that I know Hopkins is like one of the best receivers in the league, so I'm not taking anything away from him. But just because they lose him, I can't, I just it didn't. It doesn't sit right with me that this offense seems to like struggle so tremendously all of a sudden just because of that. Like you still have Kyler Murray. Like up until this point, you still had Edmonds. You still had Connor. You have AJ Green. You have Kirk. You have Moore. You have Ertz. Like there's so many weapons and playmakers on this offense that all of a sudden Hopkins is gone and Kyler Murray just looks like a shell of himself and looks very very pedestrian. Yeah. No, I agree. I- you would think that there was someone that would step up when uh, Hopkins is hurt, and there's no one. I mean, Wesley had that one touchdown, um, but he also only has like two re- two receptions. Uh, AJ Green only one reception. That long one that we were talking about. Uh, outside of Zach Ertz uh, yeah. and their running backs, like no receiving core is stepping up like they need to, and that's. Yeah. I mean that that could be hurting Kyler Murray. As yeah, well. and, and there's Christian Kirk. Obviously, he's also there. He beside outside of this game, he's been the leading target getter while Hopkins isn't there. But Kirk, you know, he's a great third. third he's, like, yeah. he's like a Van Jefferson, yeah. Yeah. right? You can't rely on him to get you to the promised land. Like he drops too many passes. He drops, you know, he's just not that guy. 
Um, so he's going with security. So he's going with Edmonds and he's going with Zach Ertz because those guys, you know, Edmonds is a one-yard pass and Zach Ertz is solid with his hands. So the trust factor is just nowhere there with any of these receivers. Why did you throw to AJ Green three times? <laughs> it doesn't like, make any sense. In a game where you're behind most of the time, like, why don't you... T- and Colts, I t- like, they're so bad in their deep secondary, right? Like, that's what we've been saying about the Colts is like, they fixed that as of recently, but overall, season-wise, that's their that's been their weakness. Like the linebackers are solid, the front is solid, the back not so solid, and you know, just three attempts to AJ Green down like deep. Yeah, it was it was just checkdown day, right? It was just checkdown yeah. fest all day. Like he was just continued to just try to take what the defense gave him, and it just wasn't enough. I mean, Indianapolis literally schemed to allow that, and it played right into their hands. And so, um, yeah, I mean, again, another impressive victory for the Colts. I, I, you know, you can't take anything away from them. They're, they're they're a team that nobody wants to play right now. But you're right, Shoshot. If they fall behind or if they're te- they they play against a team that goes up 14 nothing early on then all of a sudden that pressure falls entirely on Carson Wentz and that's when you know you don't know there's that variable yeah. uh, factor to not you know know what's what he's how he's going to play uh, they have a good good matchup next week. They're at home against the Raiders, so a good spot for them to get 10 wins. And then here's a marquee matchup that I'm looking at early. The Cardinals are traveling here to Dallas to take on the Cowboys next Ooh. week. That is going to be a big, especially after what we saw from the Cowboys, which we'll obviously talk about. But holy shit, that's going to be a big game. Um, and and from a playoff seeding perspective, right? They're only one game apart. Dallas is 11 and four, and uh, the Cardinals are 10 and five. But the Cowboys are the number two seed, still yeah. fighting for that first round bye. And the Cardinals are probably still trying to win that division. So uh, two teams with a lot to play for. And I mean, the Cardinals at 10 and five. We talked about it doesn't matter your record. You're still you can still be fake news and mm-hmm. be like 12 and three, right? It's yeah. not how you start. How you finish? No, I mean, the Steelers were 11 and 0, and then they went 11 <laughs> and five uh, to end the season, and they yeah. lost in the first round. So yeah. so yeah, I mean, right now the Cardinals to me are hovering fake news. Like yeah. I, they're a first round exit right now with the way this team is playing current oh, currently. Sure. And I mean. The Cowboys could, could 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 see a big big opportunistic matchup on their hands next week, so uh, we'll be a good game there. Let's kick it to Sunday. The first game on Sunday was the Rams. The Rams are traveling to Minnesota to take on our Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Rams came in three point favorites on the road, over under forty nine and a half. Rams win the game thirty to twenty three final. Cover the three point spread over forty nine and a half hits. The Rams are now eleven and four. We just talked about it because they won and the Cardinals lost. They are now leading that division all of a sudden after scuffling a couple of weeks after not beating good teams. Uh, and the Vikings are now seven and eight. They have dropped from seven to ninth place in the wild card spot. Uh, wild, or the the playoffs are looking really really grim right now for them. Um, what do you guys see here? I mean, for me, you know. We played the opposite of how we normally play. So, like, it's usually, like, intense first half, rack up a lot of points, and then just not show up second (laughs) half. This week, they decided to do the other way around, you know. Uh, They decided to do nothing in the first half and then decided to make this attempt at a comeback, which was a little too late, and um, couldn't capitalize off of three Stafford. Speaking of fake news, uh, couldn't capitalize off of three Stafford turnovers, you know. No team should win after turning the ball over three times, especially when your opponent has a you know pretty good offense like it doesn't make sense but the vikings continue to do vikings things whether it's in the first half second half it's still a once it ended up being a one score game and it still ended up being a loss yeah i mean uh it, i think the the key the thing here is missed opportunities you're you're in the red zone three times and uh only and the three out of five times it's either a field goal or a turnover so um very unfortunate with that KJ Osborne, the first pick the, of the, the game. pick of the game where you're in the red zone and he just he just it's, curl route yeah slips out of his hands and then it. like just a a free present uh you know for the interception to uh, for the defender so things like that that happens and then you have the punt 
that uh, I think right before that punt, it was like a third and one, yeah. uh, false start, yep. third and six, yep. and then you kind of don't have yeah. anything, the, uh, less options on the uh, offense. So you have to punt the ball, and then they return that. So things that those are the deciding factors of what led the Rams to victory. But I think that Absolutely. all in all, Vikings were still close in this game. Um, you know, if you're, able, you're not able to stop the run, which hurt you. Sony Michelle has like 100, over 130 yards. Um, and uh, they go up two touchdowns with that sick, sick OBJ yeah. uh, slant to the right at yeah. the end zone. Destroyed I mean, Cam Dantzler. That was, that was amazing. He's one dancing. of the better routes we've seen run. Yeah. Um, you're not wrong. And this is a theme. This is the theme of the Minnesota Vikings, right? The Vikings were in the thick of this. They were right in this game. And why do the Vikings continue to lose close games? It all comes down to execution in crunch time. It's coaching. It all comes down to intangibles in crunch time where, you know, we can't we can't get the one stop we need or we can't call an opportunistic timeout or, you know, things like that. Matthew Stafford literally gave us this game. He threw the ball directly to Anthony Barr twice in this game, twice, right? Like just directly to him. So, like, I don't... And those were both inside the 10 fucking yard line. Right, right. Inside the 10 yard line. Yeah. And those two interceptions came away with three total points. Three total points inside the 10 yard line. So, I mean, that's the kind of shit that we can't have happen. And it's, again, if you've listened to this, if you know anything about Vikings football, we've talked about it all year. We can never put together the entire thing for one game. This game, first half, nothing. Second half, everything. Every other game, first half, everything. Second half, nothing. It's like, dude, when are you going to put 60 minutes of football on the field? Not this year. And it's, dude, honestly, like that in itself tells you that the mindset from the leadership, the coaching, whatever, the ownership, all that, like it's just not there. Yeah. Also, that Kirk Cousins throw to Madison at the, it was like third and four, and he checks down instead of the out route. The yeah. out route, instead of trying to get it to the end zone. I'm not sure what was going on in his head. I don't know why he did that instead of trying to get a, get a touchdown. Yeah, Take the no sack idea. or go for the first down or touchdown. And, and, and like another hidden thing is, Justin Jefferson had 12 targets this game, right? Eight for 116, probably a very, very quiet eight for 116 because it didn't feel that way. He had one target in the red zone. Inside the end zone, he had one target. And we got into the red zone five times. Mm -hmm. So somebody explained to me why the best player on our football team is not getting targeted in the red zone, in the end zone. Um, Yeah. And then, well, Thielen was hurt, right? Thielen Thielen had the ankle injury, and I think that kind of affected him because I don't know if he got out. Dude, I mean, yeah. Credit to him. I mean, he was was trying to push his hardest to play through that. I mean, he was fucking wincing in pain, like at one point borderline crying because he was so upset. Tried to come back on it. Um, But yeah, not having Thielen in the red zone is huge because Thielen's been the guy that catches touchdowns in the red zone. But... That still doesn't answer, like, is Jefferson just sucking the red zone? Is he not capable of getting open? Are they just doing so much to cover him that, like, he's not a factor? It. I just don't understand how Adam Thielen can get open in the red zone and have touchdown after touchdown every week, and Justin Jefferson only gets one target in the entire red zone. So, uh, I don't know, little things like that. Um, but, again, it, it's a culmination. Every week it's a different excuse with this team, and I'm sick and tired of it. They're 7-8 and eight now. Uh, at this point, even if they made the playoffs, they had to win two games, and they need help. Uh, when they could have controlled their own destiny, and now they have to take on the Packers in Lambeau, who are trying to win to su- secure the number one seed. So um, it's going to be the most useless win of all time. Yeah, they're going to win this and just <laughs> b- get back down to 16th overall in draft pick. And here we is, go again. Is there no chance of the Vikings there, making the playoffs? There, there is, is chance. mathematically a chance. There yeah, is a chance. they have to win out, and then they have to hope for help. But like, dude, let's get real here. Why not just give the Eagles a chance to, at that spot? Because yeah. like, they are actually a good team. Yeah. You know, like they can actually make things happen for 60 minutes. Yep. They can beat teams 34 to three. Yep. Like, I think at this point, everyone's kind of b- battling for their jobs. I think, uh, Mike Zimmer, uh, there's a lot of questions on, 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 as a head coach next year, will oh, he be yeah. there? And, and I'm sure he's going to go out. He should and not be. To, he should yeah, not be there. It's, it's time for a divorce. Yeah. It's, I, it's, a divorce. it's one of those things where like, I don't even fault them. Right. I just think, 
I just think this team is constructed so improperly. Like, uh, Mike Zimmer, he was great. Like, he, there was a time where defense was the fucking lay of the land, right? Like, you know, like, maybe th- this was 1990. You know, you could have this old school thought and, like, we could be successful. Even in 2017, we had a great run. But I think the reality is it's run its course because he's shown the inability to adapt. The NFL changes every fucking year. Mm-hmm. Some year it's run first, some year it's pass first, some year it's defense first, right? But we have a head coach who refuses to adapt. And then the problem is he basically just hates our quarterback, right? I mean, whenever we signed Kirk Cousins, he was not happy about it. Like the press conference, I don't know if you guys remember, we literally had Kirk Cousins, a multi-million dollar quarterback, signed, and this guy was more excited because Sheldon Richardson was getting ready for his uh, next presser, and who's a defensive tackle, naturally. But uh, so, so, and I already told you guys about the fact that they just started sitting down this year for 45 minute meetings. So like, you just know that this, this is just not gelling. Like it's run its course. We've had some highs, we've had some lows, but let's just be done with it. Let's, let's start fresh. Let's get a new regime and let's fucking like try to actually build something and not build another stop gap where we just sign a quarterback like a Donovan McNabb or something like the shit that the Vikings are notorious for doing. Last thing I saw on Twitter, either Mike Zimmer's got to go or either Kirk Cousins got to go, but now both. What do you guys think about that? See, I mean, I think our offensive coordinator needs to go first because even if Mike Zimmer's gone or not gone, (coughs) excuse me, we're still running the first, we're running the still running the same offense we're running. Then what the fuck changed? Mm. Nothing changed. Like I'd rather, like I, I'm not a fan of that conversation, right? Yeah. You can lose either one, but if the offense is still the same scheme, you then just fucked help. up. You fucked up yeah. because you lost something that was not as important in losing than what the bigger problem is, which is the offensive scheme. We so, need to start fresh on offense. So I agree with that. I don't. I don't think so. I think the problem is still Zimmer because our off our head, our offensive coordinator is literally the son of a former offensive coordinator, right? So this dude's like Kubiak. in his thirties. Clint Kubiak's like in his 30s, right? Mike Zimmer didn't even let fucking Gary Kubiak run his offense. Mike Zimmer would be like, all right, let's, you know, let's be a little bit conservative here. So I have no doubt in my mind that Clint Kubiak does not get to unleash his offensive firepower because at the end of the day, it runs through Mike Zimmer, who's this fucking old school mindset idiot, right? So I think before we let go of Clint Kubiak, let's keep him. We can even keep Cousins. I just hope he restructures because we can't afford his contract at $45 million next year. And then let's get rid of Mike Zimmer. So we have a young guy who's an offensive-minded guy first, but we just don't know what he can do because he's underneath the guy who fucking lives in 1960. I mean, he's running the exact same offense his dad has been running. So I'm not even sure if it's Mike Zimmer telling him what to do. It's like still West Coast offense. It's still the same. He's running his dad's offense, just worse. Because he's trying to add more motions to try to like adapt to the newer age of like players moving around, mm-hmm. but on paper it's like I doubt uh, Gary Kubiak was this bad as far as like a record like seven and eight. You know, Gary Kubiak's known to make. Well, he was also like a visionary at his time because nobody ran the, their offense like this. So his son is trying the same thing, but don't try to be like your dad. You need to be unleashed. So I don't know if it's Mike Zimmer holding him back, or I don't know if his dad's like on the phone telling him to run his same offense, but. Like I've seen enough, dude. I've seen enough checkdowns on third down. I've seen enough draws on third down. I need to change. I don't know. I don't know who it is, but we're not going to fix the problem if it's still checking down on third downs and if it's still handoffs on third downs. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Vikings. We talked about it. They're at the Packers next week. The Rams travel to take on the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore next week, so it should be a good matchup there. Next game on the board was a toilet bowl for us this week. The Falcons were hosting the Lions. Falcons came in here six and eight. Lions were two eleven and one. Uh, Falcons came in here at five and a half point favorites. They do win the game 20 to 16. Detroit covers the dog spread under 42 and a half hits. Um, a little bit more exciting game than I anticipated. You know, at least it was close. Uh, and the Falcons at least, you know, do what they've done all year. And that's beat up on bad teams. 
Yeah, it was it was a lot closer than I thought it'd be, and uh, the Falcons almost let this one get away from yeah. them with that fumble late in the fourth quarter. Um, they were losing for most Russell of Gage, this game. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Boyle, I think, had a pretty good game outside. You know, Jared Goff wasn't playing, uh, but he comes in and gives the ball to Amon Ray St. Brown often. And how often? I mean, eleven targets, Amon Ray St. Brown, nine receptions. I mean, the guy, he looks good. He looks good as a number one receiver, uh, and they've they've got this complement of of Josh Reynolds. Um, who only got two receptions of seven targets, but there's still that you know one and two uh, option there. So I think that the Lions did everything they could. They went for it on fourth downs. Um, they they were hitting them uh, like getting third down conversions, doing all that they could. But in the end of the game, when you're supposed to get a touchdown, you throw a pick. That's what loses the game for you. And uh, yeah, you know Falcons come out on top. Yeah, I think I think in games like these, like motivation matters, right? Like I'm not saying nobody comes in, everybody comes into every week trying to win, right? Obviously, that's the goal of the NFL. But the Lions playing a team where they know they can be uh, a party pooper or they can play spoiler against a playoff team mm-hmm. like the Cardinals, like the Vikings, etc. Winning those games probably, uh, to me, I would assume meant a lot more than coming into a Falcons game. And whether you win this game or you lose this game, it has no implications in any sense whatsoever, right? And you know, yeah, like you said, Tim Boyle did as much as he could, right? They ran the ball as well as they could. Monterey St. Brown had a pretty, a, a pretty, really good name, game for a receiver. But at the end of the day, it just wasn't enough. And when you say it wasn't enough, and it wasn't enough against a Falcons team that also didn't do anything earth-shattering, like they only had 47 yards rushing. Right? Matt Ryan only threw it 24 times for 215 yards, so nothing jumps out from an offensive standpoint. Right. It was just a matter of two, you know, not like offensively deficient teams. One just did slightly better than the other. Yeah, it's definitely offensively deficient as far as Falcons are considered. That was Matt Ryan's score in the fourth quarter. That was his fourth passing touchdown in his last seven games. <laughs> better, better than Trevor Lawrence. That's still better than Trevor Lawrence. But yeah, I mean, they're not. Nothing's working here as far as Falcons are considered. But they got to beat down on the Lions team, but that wasn't motivated enough like the other games. Yeah. So yeah, they just and then they snuck out of you know a touchdown late in the game, even though Russell Gage fumbled. So they they just kind of got lucky with it and yeah. this is like you said garbage game of yeah. the week exactly it, it's it's tough to get excited about anything here congrats congrats Deeraj. i'm sure at this point you're probably hoping the falcons lost to be honest get a better playoffs or get a better draft pick but uh they're at buffalo next week so it's not going to be easy for atlanta there and then the lions are at the seattle seahawks so uh who knows two unmotivated teams there as well uh next game on the board the ravens travel to cincinnati and holy shit the Bengals should just get to play the Baltimore Ravens every week because they would never lose and they would put up a shit ton of points. 41-21 final here. The Bengals uh, win this game and you know are now number one in the division at 9-6. and six. The Ravens lose this game. And ironically enough, we talked about it before this game, the Ravens weren't even in the playoffs. They lost this game, but they're seventh in the wild card. Damn. That's pretty impressive. The way the NFL works, yeah. right? So the Ravens lose this one. They have to start Josh Johnson because Tyler Huntley's out. Lamar Jackson's out. Uh, Cincinnati was only favored by three points. They covered that easily. The over 45 just gets smashed. Um, Joe motherfucking Burrow. Dude, if there is one quarterback who I wish I could have Kirk Cousins steal his moxie and his like fucking just to nat- like whatever the personality of Joe Burrow is, I wish we could take that and put it into Kirk Cousins because dude, that guy just epitomizes somebody who you can get behind. Like I don't care about any of his football talent right now, right? Because he's we know he's good at that, but uh-huh. even if he never gets as accurate or you know whatever puts up the numbers that Kirk puts up, if I could steal Joe Burrow's fucking just intensity and put it into Kirk Cousins, yeah, I mean that there, would be amazing. Was he, he was the number one draft pick, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's reasons for that, right? Like, and it's not, and it goes so much bigger than football. 
and that's not something our daddy cousins has. He's <laughs> he's at the tail end of his career. Yeah. You know, you got to put him in a team that has a perfect offensive line, and you might go to Super Bowl. But um, yeah, this is I, of course I would want Joe Burrow over any of this stuff. I've been saying if I could, like my favorite player outside of the Minnesota Vikings is Joe Burrow, and I've been raving about him for the last three weeks about how good their offense is and how they could just beat up on anybody. And here we are beating up on the Ravens like they typically do as of recently. And we mentioned, or I mentioned a stat like three weeks ago that they were like, when scoring over 25 points since 2011, the Bengals are 57 and 6. Or they were 56 and 6, and now they're 57 and 6. So, yeah, they, I mean, looking at that record, looking at how this offense is playing right now, their defense doesn't need to play that well. They're freaking on fire. They can't be stopped. Yeah. No, and, and the Ravens' defense just looked it's terrible. Bad. They're bad. Yeah, they're really bad. Their pass defense, yeah. we know that they're bad, yeah. and the, they. Chase hadn't had a big game until that Ravens game, yeah. and then now, and now here we go. Against Ravens again. There yeah. he is again. But like Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Mixon. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> you everyone. get a touchdown. Like, dude, Higgins is unfucking real. Yeah, that yeah. dude. Over two people. Did you see that yeah. catch? He high points the ball as well as anybody yeah. in the NFL right now. I mean, yeah. that he's 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 he like yeah, I don't know, he, man. He reminds me of prime AJ Green. Yeah, like, like that's prime. a very fair comparison. I, I actually like that a lot. I mean, twelve catches on thirteen targets, one hundred ninety-four yards, two touchdowns. Like we talked about early in the show, he led all of fantasy football in points. Joe Burrow, man, five hundred and twenty-five yards that's passing and four touchdowns. That's and amazing. Let, let me say one thing about five twenty-five. You just never you, okay. You look at the score here. 21 41 you mm-hmm. just never see a quarterback of the winning team have 525 yards in the nfl because at some point you let up right and they i didn't. think exactly and it's and it's literally because last year the ravens did the exact same thing to the Bengals. so oh. what did joe burrow do he didn't fucking forget joe burrow was like you know what ravens fuck you yeah last game he put up a shit ton of points in this game he did even more i mean they were literally throwing like 30 yard bombs yeah. with like 40 seconds left in the game yeah. they were and i think there was one play that was supposed to be a touchdown but called back because yeah, 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 that's yeah. what it was and then they go back again <laughs> yeah. and burrow's like shift into the yeah. pocket and throws it deep it didn't yeah. doesn't get to be a catch but yeah they were not letting off the gas pedal they they were must be on. nice yeah. what's that like what's that like yeah <laughs> i mean dude that that's this is exactly how the nfl should be played you never let your foot off the cast gas there's no such thing as like etiquette i don't give a fuck if you're up seven points and you, you, you there's no like the unsung rules of sports are some of the dumbest things yeah I've they're ever. dying off in yes. other sports yeah like baseball, baseball yes baseball getting rid of all those yes rules. which if i they're fucking like, love if they're like if i can find an advantage in doing something legally yeah i will do it yes right that's how it yep. should be yep like the whole Fernando Tatis got his coach got mad at him because he hit a grand slam when his team was up by like five runs. Yeah. I'm like, dude, are you fuck? Yeah. He's paying. He's playing for his career, his livelihood, his yeah. money. Like, I don't give a fuck if you're padding your stats in yeah. any professional what sport. F- that's yeah, stupid. it's just absolutely ridiculous. So, mad respect to the Bengals. Mad respect to Joe Burrow. They fucking just destroy the Ravens. Uh, one bright spot on the Ravens, obviously, Josh Johnson. I mean, he played a decent game, but one bright spot is the guy that doesn't matter who's quarterbacking at the helm there. Mark fucking Andrews, eight catches, yeah. 125 yards, and a touchdown. Dude's Dude, he, a fucking he's beast. He's single-handedly dragging me to the NFC or the uh, my fantasy football championship in Mother League. Single-handedly just dragged me there. Yeah, ever since like week three. Yeah, I mean the guy's been lights off. Yeah, who's the be- who's the number one tight end in fantasy football? Is that Mark Andrews? Who's going to be next year? Who's going to be ranked number one? Yeah, 
I'm ranking Mark Andrews because yeah. yeah. he's the most reliable one out of all yeah. these guys. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and their offense, they have like they Three don't have quarterbacks. They don't have a Tyreek Hill, right? So it's like you have Kelsey, but Kelsey's right. got a Tyreek Hill. Right. They don't have a Tyreek. They don't Hill. have a Mahomes. Yeah, they don't have a Mahomes. They have a guy that needs his tight end in safety nets in every situation, mm-hmm. dude. Like just seeing Josh Johnson come in there and do the exact same thing both yeah. quarterbacks are doing, which is just feeding Mark Andrews. The dude is unbelievable. This is my new favorite system quarterback style. <laughs> yeah, I love it. System tight end <laughs> feed no, the ball no, no. to system, Andrews. <laughs> system quarterback like the Ravens. It doesn't matter who's oh, the quarterback yeah, there. Yeah, like yeah. They, they're like yeah. get the ball to Andrews. <laughs> Sometimes get the ball to your running back and then, and then just run. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is the play call. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not enough to beat the Bengals. No, yeah. put up forty-one yeah. points. Yeah. But yeah, but fantasy purposes, keep doing that, Ravens. <laughs> doing a great job. One more week of that, please, God. Yeah. It doesn't get easy for the Ravens next week. They got to take on the Rams. Um, and now again, they are still in the wild card because of the way everything shook out shook out and the Bengals are now atop their division at nine and six but it doesn't get easy for the Bengals. they have to play the chiefs next week so nope. i don't think that division is done reshuffling we still got a couple weeks left uh big matchups on the board let's take it to the next game a big divisional game here for fighting for first place in that division the bills were traveling to new england to take on the patriots this week uh buffalo came in at two and a half point dogs on the road over under 43 and a half and buffalo puts in a statement performance 33 to 21 final they win Cover the twelve or two and a half point spread and win outright over forty three and a half hits. Buffalo is now nine and six, tied with the Patriots at nine and six. But now they hold the tiebreaker and now they are number one in that division. Um, statement game from the Bills. Oh yeah, yeah, big statement game. I think uh, what was lacking was the wind and the uh, Patriots defense. Uh, they kind of they didn't really do anything to kind of stop Josh Allen. Uh, guys like McKenzie who just comes out of nowhere um, and uh, didn't stop Diggs either. Yep. And Singletary got a touchdown as well. So it was just one of those things where Patriots did not do what we what we know them to do, which is play good defense. Um, they did run the ball well. Damian Harris, I think, had three touchdowns uh, in the game. Wow. Um, but at the end of the day, Josh Allen to Knox seals the game, uh, ends the game, and, and uh, no answer from the uh Patriots at that point. Yeah, that's funny. Bill Belichick got out Bill Belichick. So this is the first time in Bill Belichick's career that he didn't force the other team to punt. There was no punts. The Bills did not punt the ball. They just manhandled them. Yeah. So it was the wind and it was the like, you know, that was a classic Bill Belichick moment, right? Mm -hmm. He finds ways that other people don't find to win the game. He's like, we got crazy win situation. Let's defer the ball in the first so we get the, you know what I mean? Like it's those things. He set it up so perfectly that other coaches... Didn't even think of, right? And then we all talk about how Bill Belichick loves shutting down one player. Congratulations. You shut down Stephon Diggs for a little bit of the game. Isaiah McKenzie was their focal point, right? right. So Bill Belichick just got single-handedly out Bill Belichick. They did everything that Bill Belichick would have done, and they were like, let's just let him do it. Let's just We're, we're going to do other things. And then like that's exactly how think, everything worked out. And then you know they put their foot on their gas pedal, too. Speaking of a team that was putting their foot on the gas pedal, they forced – Mac Jones to try to keep up to 33 points. And what have we been saying about the Patriots? They can be perfect on defense. They can be perfect running the ball. But the biggest weakness of these run-first teams is a lot of points, right? You got to score 33 points to beat Josh Allen, especially this new Josh Allen that we saw overcoming really good defense. You know, he played pretty well today or yesterday. And um, if he continues to play like this, yeah, that division now it's tied, right? They're tied at yeah. the top. Yep. Buffalo leads with the now they lead because of the tiebreaker. Tie so now they're fourth place. New England is now sixth in the wild card spot. So they're slightly behind Indianapolis, who holds the tiebreaker based on a head to head win percentage. And what the Bengals and the Ravens are like a game behind. Yeah, the Bengals and Ravens are one game apart. The Ravens are seventh seed, and the Bengals yeah. are the third seed. So we're so, yeah. saying the Patriots could miss the playoffs if they lose. There is the an next absolute chance after the run that they were on. 
Uh, they could still miss the playoffs. Wow. I mean, they take on the Jags next week. So. Oh, yeah. Cool. There you go. I, I don't see them losing rest, that one. Rest in peace to that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but the Bills take on the Falcons. So the Patriots aren't going to be able to catch them. Uh, there should be two wins on the board for those two def- uh, divisional. So I got opponents. more breaking news. Sean McVay says Cam Akers may play this week. Oh, Sony Michelle owners. What are you going to do? Oh, God. I'm not, am I playing? No, I'm not playing him in any leagues. Therefore, you can still play uh, Sony Michelle. Cam Akers not going to do shit. Yeah. He probably, he, I think they're just getting his feet wet to get him ready for the playoffs. Because yeah. you can't just throw somebody in the playoffs that hasn't played in years or right. months. So I think the next two games are going to be like five touches, seven touches, and then maybe like 15 touches in the playoffs. Yeah. It def- it's definitely going to hinder Michelle because you still have a healthy Henderson and you still have Cam Akers. Henderson's not healthy anymore. Oh, he's not? He's got a knee uh, sprain. He sprained his knee. Oh, shit. So oh, that's th- right. That's, that's why. Right. Yeah, that's okay. probably why that Cam makes Akers. Sense. That makes sense. Him. Okay. So, yeah, you're still probably like yeah. confidently starting Michelle. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, uh, again, Bills take care of business. Very impressive game for them. Josh Allen, we've been hard on him all year, but he puts up a really good performance. 30 completions, 314 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks. Ran the ball 12 times for 64 yards. And it seems like in crucial running situations, they literally just prefer Josh Allen yeah, versus the running backs. They do. And you get at least one hurdle per <laughs> <Yeah>. game <laughs> yeah, from Josh Allen. Yeah. And then uh, just another another stat to back up what we've been saying about how uh, the Patriots can't keep up with people. Uh, Mac Jones is now 0-4 when Patriots allow 25 points in the game. So, mm. he, you know, he hasn't been able to win Makes in sense. shootouts. Yeah. Patriots are going to need to, you know, beat the Jaguars next week, get some help, and and, and stay in contention there. Uh, but, yeah, anytime the Patriots have been forced to have Mac Jones beat them, um, it has not happened. And, again, give him, give him a little bit of uh, – grace and leeway because he is a rookie but uh this is the toughest part of the situation or of the season and you have to step up so uh 145 yards on less than 50 percent completion and two interceptions is just not going to cut it yeah next game on the board was toilet bowl part two this week the jags were at the jets here uh it was a pick em game because even vegas didn't know who the hell was worse over under was 41 and a half and i think we knew the yeah, jags the are the team worst won. team in the nfl yeah, for sure the better team definitely won this game. jets 26 21 they were a pick em. over 41 and a half comes in jets are now four and 11 jacks are two and 13 um yeah i mean again battle of shitty teams and the jags prove once again they are the shittiest yeah, battle of QB1 versus QB2, and I think uh, Wilson takes this one home uh, with the W, and uh, he doesn't get more passing yards than uh, Lawrence, but he didn't throw a pick. Uh, Lawrence just couldn't find the end zone. Again, that's a that's a theme. Yeah. yeah. Seven so, games in a row now, no touchdown passes? I think it's eight. Jesus, bro. Yeah, so number one I think it's eight of the last seven. Or sorry, seven of the last eight. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, how are you going to win games without throwing a touchdown <laughs> yeah, pass? Yeah, what? I don't You're know. a quarterback. And yeah. now you don't even have your running back. Yeah, James Robinson so, got hurt. It's time for Ogunubaluwale season. <laughs> yeah, I think the Jets just kind of they they got a kickoff return. Um, they score a touchdown throwing the ball, and they run the ball as well. Yeah, they found ways to score a touchdown, yeah. and you know, you whoever scores most wins the game. Yeah, and they, they did. Uh, dude, all they did was just give hand it off to the running back and run up the middle. Yep. So they had two running backs that had over fourteen carries, and uh, two other uh, players that had almost hundred yards. So Michael Carter had hundred yards or more, and then Zach Wilson had ninety-one yards rushing. Yeah, he had that insane like fifty-yard run yeah. down the sidelines. Exactly. Oh, so yeah, why why have you not been doing that, Zach Wilson? Maybe run a little bit more. Um, yeah, so yeah, the Jets just pounded it up the Jaguars, knowing the Jaguars couldn't throw and beat them. So congratulations. Yeah, Jets. and not much, not a ton of action again. Michael Michael Carter would have been a decent fantasy start, 118 yards on the ground, or and then he did have two catches for six yards. Uh, Marvin Jones eight for 74 on the other end. Uh, Tavon Austin <laughs> sighting six for 68. Treadwell four for 54 on five targets, and uh, with no James Robinson, I mean, if you're desperate for a running back. Um, you could be looking at possibly next week starting Ogun Bowale. Yep. Mm. Who do they play next week? 
They play. We just talked. Oh, about the Patriots. It. Yeah, yeah. Forget that. Scratch everything. Ogun Buwale. The Patriots defense might be the start of the week next week. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, that takes us to the next divisional game here. Show it. This was your survivor pick. The Eagles were at home hosting the Giants, who came into town. Eagles were ten point favorites, over under forty and a half. Uh, what looked like a close game early was definitely not at the end. Thirty four ten final. Eagles win this easily. Cover the spread. Over hits. Eagles are now eight and seven. Giants are now four and eleven. Show it. You picked the Eagles this week as your survivor pick. Uh, they took care of business. Yeah, you know, I was a little nervous uh, up until the third quarter because the score was three and three to three. Yeah. Both teams weren't doing anything. Um, they were, you know, it, it just looked like a terrible game. Yeah. Uh, but they turned it on. The Eagles turned it on at the, in the third quarter. I think there was a pick by McLeod or mm. McLeod, um, and uh, McLovin. <laughs> so you said <laughs> Rodney uh, McLeod? You mean? Um, no, who picked it off? No, it was yeah. Mc, McLeod or something like that. Oh, you're talking about a defensive player. Defensive I, I thought player. you were trying to say Mike Glennon, but no, yeah, no, Rod, no. Rodney McLeod. Okay. Yeah, McLeod. Yeah. He he threw he he caught a uh, interception, and then that just kind of ignited the Philadelphia Eagles. Devontae Smith went off, uh, sick touchdown grab, toe tapper at the end of the game, and um, you know the Giants had really no answer for them in the third quarter. The Giants literally started Jake from. I mean, what were they expecting? Six for seven, twenty-five yards in the interception, got sacked twice, got benched. No, no, no. Jake from got oh, hurt. State Farm. Oh no 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 no! He got benched. Yeah, he got benched because he he's so fucking bad. Yeah. He, I mean, it doesn't. You don't need much of a sample size from him. He just doesn't have the arm strength. Like he's bad. He, he, he's not an NFL quarterback, unfortunately. Mike Glennon had to come back in the game and just looked still really bad. <laughs> they couldn't run the ball. Um, there was no offense. There was yeah. no offense, and they couldn't stop him in the second half. Yeah, dude, this team just needs to reset. Yeah. Maybe trade Saquon. I don't know. Like Saquon's not going to be doing much next year either. I would assume. Yeah. Uh, unless something seriously changes on this team, yeah. and I don't think firing the last guy was a great idea. Yeah. Um, the cor- their offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. It's, it's it's literally made them worse since that moment. Say, you, I think at this point you kind of have to see what you can get from Saquon. His value is pretty much probably at an all time low, but hopefully the name and um, what he's done in the past still holds weight. Because yeah, at this point, like. Again, it's it's so hard to be like a running back is your best player kind of team unless everything else is built well, right? Offensive line, defense, quarterback does, limits mistakes, and et cetera. And um, right now their offensive line is horrible. Their quarterback situation is horrible. Their defense is horrible. So at yeah. this point you need to trade Saquon and see if you can acquire some assets, some draft picks, and start building. Yeah, I mean, if you have Daniel Jones, some of these, some of these guys that you're looking at, like Tony Galladay, who got paid this year and Slayton? They're they're pretty good receivers. There's no it, touchdowns, maybe, I think, all season. Oh, is that right? <laughs> I mean, on paper, like yeah. th- those are good players. Yeah, but uh, they're just not performing well. And and it's, it's, I don't know it's what it also, to. It's it, I think I know what's wrong. It's mm-hmm. that they haven't been able to all play at the same time. This is true, right? Too. Like yeah. they just one's gone while the other one's gone. The receivers are always gone, and it's just like this was just a season that they just knew was never going to go anywhere. And now it's just time to just hit reset yeah. and just start tomorrow. But because you know, another thing is. Why I say just kind of start fresh is Daniel Jones is just not that guy, man. He, he's not that guy. Like he also had his own faults even when everybody was healthy. There yeah. was they still weren't they're doing well. Yeah. They were still a bad team even when everybody was healthy. Yeah. And that's also because of like he doesn't he lead the league in the most turnovers. And he's only played like like he fumbles like one per game. Like, yeah. He he he's turnover prone and he just can't find ways to get healthy either. Either yeah. he likes to run the ball. True. And when he, and then he gets tackled. Yeah. And then he gets <laughs> he gets, hurt. He gets yeah. hurt. And now he has a serious neck injury. Like it's a it's significant. You know they had to like shut him down for whatever reason. So yeah. So these are not good signs for even in the future. Even if he comes back. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I think they're unloading. I think they need to unload their biggest assets and try to build for the future. Eagles again. They are now eight and seven. So they are right in the thick of things. They are currently as we stand. 
seventh. They have overtaken the Vikings in the playoff spot there. They're in the wild card. So uh, they have a very kind of opportunistic schedule. They take on the football team next week. So they have a really good chance to make the playoffs here. Uh, Giants take on the Bears next week, a a game of two teams that really doesn't really mean anything at this point. Uh, Let's kick it to the next game. The Buccaneers were at Carolina this week. Buccaneers came in 10-point favorites. Carolina looks like shit. The Buccaneers won 32-6 final, under 44 covers. Um, yeah, I mean, this this was a game where Tom Brady literally didn't need his weapons. He didn't need half of his team because mm-hmm. they were all hurt. You had a backup running back. You had Antonio Brown back, but no Godwin, no Evans. Gronk pretty much was non-existent, and yet they still won 32-6. to six. Go ahead. I mean, I just want to focus on Antonio Brown for a second. You know, like w- losing those other receivers but gaining Antonio Brown, it kind of makes them better. Like, you know, like I love those guys. Those guys are great at what they do, but Antonio Brown is one of the greatest receivers of all time, right? I'm going to let you finish, but yeah. 15 <laughs> targets, 10 receptions, and they ran the ball so well that all, he had to, all Antonio Brown had to do was complete third downs. And out of those 15 targets, 10 of them, you know, were caught, moved the ball. He didn't even have to rely on Gronk. Gronk had like one catch all game long. Uh, Ronald Jones did fuck up again at different times of the game as far as catching goes. But running the ball, he knows how to do that very well, even though it wasn't like a 100-yard game. He was able to just maintain this momentum. that The team as a whole was able to just move this forward-moving momentum all game long, and the Panthers couldn't muster up the points to keep up with that. Yeah, I miss Antonio Brown as a Steelers fan. I feel like we have the poor man's Antonio Brown and Deontay <laughs> Johnson, who's got some good potential and yeah, whatnot. He also had a drop catch this game. He you know he also had a touchdown this game too. Yeah, so. you're right. You're right. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it it the thing is the Panthers just suck. Their their offense was not rolling. They tried Cam Newton. Cam Newton got an interception. Sam Darnold comes in. Sam Darnold doesn't do anything either. So really, not nothing working for Matt Ruley in this offense. And uh, it's time to go back to the drawing boards and start start over next year. Um, and uh, Buccaneers just do enough to win the game. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to my buddy Jake, and yeah, like I told you guys last week, I think Matt Rule's like he's see, he's seeing he, he's seeing his final days. Um, they they still believe that they should just use Cam as a one year stopgap and then draft a quarterback because Darnold's not the answer. I don't really how far that's going to get them to be honest. It, it the, the, it's dysfunctional, right? Because this was a team that was predicated on running first. They were predicated all around their star running back, and their star running back hasn't been here. And now all of a sudden, when are you seeing the Carolina Panthers with CMC have six carries for nine yards? Chubba Hubbard literally was not even a running back. So like they have no running game, and their quarterbacks they can't even figure out who to start because they're all bad. They have a pretty much a, a quarterback room of bad quarterbacks, and so it's like a carousel. Darnold's not good. Cam Newton's not cutting it. Um, so they're just in a complete disarray. And at that point, like it doesn't matter how decent or good or you know optimistic your defense can be. Like there's just not enough offense to even make the defense liable. I just don't know if it's fair for Matt Rule. Uh, Rule. 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 Yeah. Like it's what is this his second year in yeah. the in the Panthers? And like when you have your best running back, your number one running back that gets injured. Then you have a quarterback who you thought Sam Darnold would would perform, and he doesn't. Like that's I don't know if that's your fault. Like the you've got to kind of give him a chance and maybe get a better offensive coordinator because they did let go of the offensive coordinator Mm -hmm. um, sometime like three weeks ago. So maybe just start over and and, uh, give Matt Rule another another year. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what internally the problem is. I personally don't think Cam's the answer either. So like if I'm if I'm looking at it from like who am I going to give a more opportunity to it's going to be the coach it's his second year versus a quarterback who's aging and like pretty much done a little bit about the coach so Matt Rule is actually 10 and 21 as a Panthers head coach that's the worst winning percentage by head coach in their first two seasons in their Mm. team history okay so so the fingers have to be pointed somewhere I think that's where this is coming to I mean I hope he doesn't get fired because I I also believe he's not the problem here that's just it's been a series of unfortunate events for the Panthers let's just be honest Lemony Snicket style yep 
But again, like why Jason Garrett had to be fired for the uh, for Giants. the for, no Giants. for the Giants. Oh, the Giants yeah. I think it's a similar situation for the Panthers. It's up, like the finger has to be pointed somewhere, and the people up top are never willing to point it towards themselves. Yeah, you know? they're not going to fire themselves. Right, <laughs> right. So, so someone's got to go. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's tough. They got the Saints next week again. Divisional game, but two teams. Saints are still fighting for a playoff spot. Panthers are really not fighting for anything. Buccaneers get a really easy game next week at the Jets. Uh, so let's take it to the next game. The Chargers were at the Texans to show you took the Chargers as your survivor pick. Uh, and why wouldn't you? They were taking on the Texans. Chargers were favored by 10 points coming into Houston, over under 45 and a half. And what happens here? The Houston Texans pull a victory out of their ass. 41-29 final. Cover the 10-point dog spread. Win outright. Over 45 and a half hits. I mean... Did any? I saw a stat. I think ninety-five percent of the bets and ninety yeah. percent of the money was all on the Sandy or on the LA Chargers, Chargers this week. Yeah, it's crazy. Davis Mills was kind of good, didn't he? Well, weird. Yeah. Well, the Chargers defense is not very good either. Yeah. Uh, Rex Burkhead is able to like you know what over a hundred yards. Had a better game yeah. than yeah. his entire college career career in Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. So he he has this all game. Davis Mills uh, is able to throw it to his rookie receivers and uh, you know just get get points on the board. And late in, when Chargers are about to come back, they get a pick six, and the uh, Texans are are able to score. So, not the Texans we're used to seeing, but the you know, like you said, they perform well against the Patriots, mm-hmm. perform well against the Rams. They put yep. up some points, yep. uh, and now against the Chargers. Yeah. So, uh, three playoff teams. Don't you dare put the Chargers <laughs> in the same category as those other two teams. <laughs> this team is about as fake news as it gets, man. This defense is just so bad. It's just yeah. so bad when you let rex burkhead who's been averaging like 1.3 yards per carry <laughs> look like freaking saquon barkley of two years ago out there i mean yeah this is this is this team's not going to go anywhere I, I i hate to say it the offense is so skilled and sucks that eckler wasn't there but jackson was able to make up for all that and you can't throw a pick six to the houston texans right like yeah. so many things are just not fitting well for this team this team is also another one of those teams that needs to just keep the whole offense but just redo the whole defense yeah, what do you do if you're the Texans though right like you're like we beat Davis the Mills da- Davis Mills is the answer dude Davis Mills is actually playing good football yeah. right I mean yeah. he's already doing something that the number one overall pick can't do and that's Touch touchdowns, touchdowns. Yeah. is so he the like, best rookie quarterback of, our, of this class Whoa. I mean it was Mac Jones Mac Jones is having a couple of rough weeks yeah. I would say holistically as a season as a whole probably still Mac Jones but for the least amount of expectations and exceeding them it's yeah. by far Davis Mills yeah. or Huntley yeah, yeah. Actually, let's go. Fuck yeah. Let's give <laughs> credit where it's due. Tyler Huntley. Yeah, but he's I mean, actually he's only played like two weeks, so yeah. smaller sample size. But and he's yeah. probably never gonna play again. <laughs> exactly. At least there is a, there the is a chance. Year. But no, I'm impressed with Davis Mills. Um, I think there's a legitimate look at Davis Mills in the future, right? He's yeah. he's at least deserved to be at least speculated as yeah. a possibility, right? Give him better running back uh, committee. I know Rex yeah. Burkett went hot off yeah. this year, uh, this week, yeah, but... but who wouldn't against the Chargers? Exactly. We would go off against the Chargers. It looks yeah. like it, man. Yeah. It looks like I mean, again, fuck. I love Rex Burkett, Nebraska. guy. Yeah, 22 for 149 and two touchdowns, though, bro. Like, you were literally averaging less than two yards a carry all season. So the problem is definitely the Chargers, not you all of a sudden got really <laughs> yeah. good again. So Props, but yeah. not that many props. Exactly. So uh, Justin Jackson, again, a huge fantasy week for anybody that picked him up. Uh, that's a big spot. But Herbert, disappointing. You don't throw two interceptions against the Houston Texans. I mean, that's just not going to cut it. Uh, they take on the Broncos next week, two teams that are, you know, eight and seven and seven and eight. So uh, still fighting. I think the Broncos are technically out of it, but the Chargers are going to have to win out and get some help. The Texans have the 49ers in San Francisco next week. So. Uh, San Francisco gets a get right game there. Uh, next game on the board, a couple more games that, or you know, they? 
Yeah, that's true. Or do they? <laughs> Next game on the board is a couple more teams that you know really aren't playing for much, but it was a fucking exciting game that came down to the wire. The Bears and Matt Nagy were traveling to Seattle to take on Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks came into this one five and nine. The Bears were four and ten. Chicago was a six and a half point dog in Seattle, playing the twelfth men over under forty two and a half, and the Bears win in great, great fashion, going for the coveted two point conversion at the end yeah. that becomes so controversial at times. Twenty five twenty four final. They cover the six and a half point spread over forty two and a half hits. Both teams are now five and ten. Um, I really, really hope Matt Nagy didn't somehow save his career by doing this and winning this game because I truly think he deserves to get fired. But nonetheless, ballsy call, impressive performance, and come away with the W. It's a smart move because if you lose, then you get a better draft pick. Yep. If you win, you build some morale. Yep. So, yeah. you know, you can't lose uh, whichever way you, you go there. So that, yep. that's smart on the head coach. Way better in this situation than the Baltimore Ravens oh, and yeah. John Harbaugh. For Not sure. even close. Right, For right. Sure. I mean, the Ravens are seventh pick in the wildcard <laughs> because of that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I think that... Uh, Nick Foles, we haven't seen him all year. This is the kind of the first game. And Dude, I'm <laughs> going to be so sad when he leaves and he doesn't play next week because Montgomery is clearly the n- number one target when Nick <laughs> yeah. Foles is playing. He had nine targets. He gets like one when Fields is playing. So, yeah, I'm going to be a, a particularly upset when Nick Foles is not playing anymore. Yeah. Now, this was a, a snow, snowy day, um, and I expected a lot of running. 21 carries of Montgomery. Richard Penny had a solid day- game. I I should have started him. Don't know why I didn't. Dude, he's running all over. 135 that. yards. Yeah. He was actually touchdown. running all over Dude, the place. Yeah, Montgomery the huge. wasn't really doing that great on the run. Yeah, but he was getting those key third downs. Yeah, but yeah, well, Penny, it's solid back. It's it, he is officially the running back in Seattle. How did it feel seeing that long touchdown? I was just gonna talk about to that. DK Metcalf. So it hurt at first, but then what's funny is you look at the rest of the game, and he only had one other catch for this no is, yards. Yeah, for no yards. What? You know, make it make sense, it Seattle. Make, sense. <laughs> make it make sense. I don't care if Russell Wilson throws four interceptions. Throw four fucking bombs to Metcalf every game. You know, I don't give a shit. You know what I think happened? What? I think it was a little snowy, so he didn't know if it was Lockett or DK there. <laughs> so he's like, damn, fuck it, Lockett down there <laughs> he's somewhere. It's Lockett. Oh shit, it's DK. <laughs> he's like, my bad, Tyler. <laughs> I got you next time. But dude, I just don't get it. I don't get it. They yeah. lose again. Russell Wilson is efficient, but you know, not the Russell Wilson that we're accustomed to seeing. Yeah. And yeah, DK Metcalf, a huge forty-one yard touchdown. You're like, where's that been all season? And he only catches one more ball for zero yards the rest of the game. I just don't understand. It's it's. This is probably the biggest mystery in all of football. I'm yeah. trying to think of other this things year, that don't make sense. This year, yeah, this is definitely the biggest. I'm trying mystery. to think of other big things that were just like make it make sense, but this one really doesn't make sense. So I'm really curious to see in the off season if something comes out about what the fuck was going on here. But uh, the Chicago Bears. You know, Nick Foles targeting Montgomery, giving him the ball 25 to 20, 21 times for 45 yards. Um, not efficient, but it doesn't matter. Got the job done. Uh, big fantasy day for you and me for Montgomery, so happy about that. Uh, the Bears are 5-10. and 10. They take on the Giants next week in a game of two teams that doesn't matter. The Seattle now drops to 5-10. and 10. They're out of the playoffs, um, and they take on the Lions next week. So another game that doesn't matter. Yep. So uh, a big pileup of four teams that are playing each other that just doesn't quite frankly matter. Yep. Uh, anything else to add here? No. Gerald Everett, four for sixty-eight and a touchdown. Yeah, w- seems no, to be the DK yeah, Metcalf w- of that team. I would never tell anybody to start Gerald Everett. Yeah, he's been consistent though. He gets some touchdowns. Yeah, I, think I mean, he, it just sucks. It's just scares I, the I tight just, end. I just never want that problem. Right. Like, I, you know, I, I ignore those problems because I'm never going to put myself in a position where I have to start Gerald Everett. Yeah. 
Well, with with the way the tight end situation is, you may have to. Yeah, I mean, I mean I've been hoarding three tight end squad this whole year yeah. because I don't like those problems. Yeah, you know, it's like either Schultz, Knox, or whoever the hell I started in the beginning of the year. I don't even know. I don't even know who I drafted, but um, you know what I mean. Like yeah, the tight yeah. end, that it's that scarce, it's that, scarce yeah. that, I, that I don't want those Gerald yeah. Everett problems. So I just hold on to like as many like oh Logan Thomas. Yeah. Although Schultz and I like Schultz and Knox more than I like Everett. Oh, hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, that's exactly. my point. Like he I, found both those guys. Yeah. Right. Like, nice. I, no Everett. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only doing this because I I played against Everett when Everett had like 40 fantasy points or 38 fantasy points. He scored three touchdowns on Monday Night Football yeah. when, with the Rams. When the Rams yeah. and the Chiefs were going off, it was yeah. just Everett. Yeah, Everett fest. Yeah. yeah. PTSD. It'd yeah. be like that. It do. It do. The Chiefs were the next game on the board. They were hosting your Steelers. Show it. Uh, Chiefs came in seven and a half point favorites. Over under 44 and a half. And um, I mean, this was a pretty easy lopsided performance. 36-10 final. Uh, never really a game. Chiefs are now 10 and four. The Steelers dropped to seven six and one. Um, defense couldn't stop the, Steel- the Chiefs running and throwing. The offense couldn't really muster up any points. I mean, yeah. when neither side of the ball does anything, you're probably not going to win. So. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't watching the game with you guys this week, but um, when Deontay Johnson scored that touchdown at the very end, I almost I got on my knees and almost cried. Like I was just so happy. Is that, is that why you didn't want to come watch football with us? No, like, I, I wasn't feeling you, well. Really, you sure about that? Yeah, I'm positive, hundred okay, okay. percent. But okay. I like I almost broke down and cried. I was like, oh my god, it actually happened. That I mean, it was such a nice cut and just a, such a sick play. But I mean, it, it that kind of like. Gives you an idea of what I expected from the game, right? Yeah. I knew that the Chiefs were going to come in. The only thing, the only kind of hope I had was like, Kelsey's not going to be there. So Tyreek Hill gets shut down maybe. Uh, and then, you know, we Darryl can stop Williams it. gets some catches. Darryl Williams gets some catches. <laughs> maybe Deontay gets a late touchdown. Right, yep. right. But like guys like out. Pringle. Pringle's, you know, seven targets, uh, six reception, two, 75 yards, two touchdowns. So our our defense just was was not able to stop the Chiefs. And our offense didn't get rolling until that, I guess, that one of those last drive. Um, so it was just a really poor performance. Um, I don't think we're completely out of the playoff race. So there's like a 13% chance. A lot of things need to go right for the Steelers to make the playoffs. But it's looking very, very grim. And uh, yeah. welcome, not- welcome to the world of the grim grimness. Yeah. On to next year. That's yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, Mahomes had a great game, right? 258 through the air, three touchdowns, didn't throw an interception, was only sacked twice. They ran the ball decently. I mean, 35 for 127 between the three running backs that, you know, basically split all the touches. Um, <clears throat> I was going to ask you guys, if somebody started Pringle this week in their fantasy football playoffs, would you say, holy shit, that was the crazy move ballsiest start ever Not or what really. the fuck were you thinking you got really lucky what the fuck were you thinking you got really lucky you got 100% lucky yeah. you got Nicole Hardman I mean Tyree Kill is still there Nicole like, Hardman's definitely after Pringle if you look at the, if you look at the numbers uh-huh they really like Pringle more. If it's not Tyreek Hill and not Kelsey, it's Pringle. Sure. But there are other options yeah. Yeah, 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 in yeah. the fantasy world yeah. instead of Pringle. Yeah. I'm, I'm imagining the only person that started Pringle is the guy that didn't check that day when it said Tyreek Hill is no longer on the COVID list. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you did not see that notification and he had Pringle before that notification, that's the only reasonable explanation. I don't know why anybody would have started Pringle. No, you yeah. got lucky. Did somebody start Pringle? No, no. I'm just curious because, you know, we we talk about it all the times how you got to be the ones. And oh, if yeah. somebody did start him, 
Yeah, that, that's the <laughs> only person I would say is McKenzie. If you started McKenzie looking at his last year week 16 results against the Patriots, and you're like, because he scores two touchdowns yeah. last year, same time around this year as well, you're yeah, like, okay, uh, use maybe. use the same analysis. If you use that week. logic to start McKenzie, you're a fucking. Well, it idiot. was it was like uh, if no, with no Emmanuel Sanders or no Cole Beasley, but Sanders played. Sanders did play, and Diggs did play too. Yeah. So yeah, I mean yeah. that's why I didn't start him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's just a random question. But anyways, yeah, the Chiefs take care of business. I mean Steelers, you mentioned it. Of it seven seven and one now they take on the Browns next week so uh, you know playoffs are, are yeah. getting further and further for them they're going to need to win out and get a lot of help the Chiefs are now ten and four they travel to Cincinnati big matchup next week against Ooh. the Bengals uh, they're eleven and four actually the Chiefs so now they're top in the NFC right or in the AFC so they're looking to continue to lock up that bye week so both teams still have a lot to play for they they look unbeatable man like their defense is rolling I know you play the Steelers and which their offense you know. Um, doesn't really show up until like the third or fourth quarter. But, yeah, man, I don't know who's going to beat these Chiefs. They look tough. As long as their defense plays like this, their yeah. offense has always been their offense. Yeah, they're yeah. fucking – they're the most complete team in yeah, football. Yeah, dude, them and the Packers, COVID – they're the only two teams that COVID hasn't done shit. Like, it removed all the receivers. Mm-hmm. They still won. It removed Aaron Rodgers. They still are a good team still. You know, that, yeah. did they win that game? can't remember. With love? Probably not, Probably right? Not. No, not. who cares? No. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, yeah. and then the, uh, the other team – uh, the Chiefs, you got rid of Kelsey. You know, not yeah. did they didn't even, skip a beat. Didn't right. even need. Yeah. Didn't even need Hill. Yeah. You know, they're like no Kelsey. Hill had two catches, and you won thirty six to ten. Yeah, yeah. scary That's team. Scary as fuck. Yeah. yeah, Chiefs and Buccaneers again. Round two. Yeah, Chiefs and Packers. Chiefs and Packers. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's especially a with matchup. Tyler. With you know, I, I can yeah, I can see Tyler Johnson dropping a pass that like Mike Evans wouldn't. Sure. Um, but yeah, they had Brady, so you know what? I retract my statements. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be Buccaneers-Packers in the conference championship, yeah. and then the Chiefs on the other side yeah. probably waiting for them. Yeah, right? yeah. But I don't Chiefs. see anyone that can stop Chiefs in the NFC. Yeah, the I NFC. mean, if if the Bills play to their full potential, right. they could put up thirty-eight points, yeah. and then Chiefs could put up thirty-three. That's a, that's the thing about the NFL, right? It's not series-based like the uh, football or baseball. Yeah. It's one game, winner yeah. take all. So yeah. anything can happen. Exactly. Oh, Kansas City versus the Bengals. What about that? Bengals well, defense isn't good enough. Their offense, but the Chiefs' defense is good. Yeah, but mm. you also don't want to get lost because of that crazy game the yeah. Bengals had. Because you know you got to look at what's been happening. Yeah, and that one was just that's going to be the yeah. Outlier. Their two craziest games were against the Ravens, so it's kind of a theme, you know. Yeah. So, uh, and and, and we know we. I mean, again, and the Cowboys. Yeah, just Cowboys. Cowboys oh, yeah. Which we still have to talk about. There's okay. a reason we haven't given them their due. Okay. But yeah, the Chiefs take the Chiefs are going to be at the Bengals next week, and then the Steelers take on the Browns. Uh, next game on the board, the Raiders and Broncos were playing each other. Battle of mediocrity is what we called it. Vegas was at home, one and a half point favorites, and they win and cover 17 13. This was the boringest game Dude, of the season. Oh my God. There's rarely a time where I can't keep my eyes on football, and this was one of those games. It was just back and forth of just three and outs bad throws like shitty runs for losses and man that was boring but the but the raiders win they cover the they cover they win by four under hits uh they're both now seven and seven i believe so they're both eight, si- eight oh no, seven and eight yeah the raiders are now eight and seven and the broncos are now seven and eight so the raiders are eight and seven but still ninth place as they are losing the tiebreaker to the chargers and the ravens um but the broncos are mathematically still technically in it but very very tough for them but Dude, a very uninspiring, unexciting game. The highlight of this game is, of course, of course, Josh Jacobs had his best game of the motherfucking season. Funny enough, I lost in our playoffs, so I don't no longer need a Jacobs. Uh-huh. Also, funny enough, I was playing against Josh Jacobs in the playoffs. So, just funny how the world works there. Josh Jacobs, best game of the season. Yeah, this, um, you know, Broncos are are weird because you have Drew Locke, who's your quarterback, so you expect them to run the ball more. 
Uh, they run the ball a total of 17 times for 20 yards. Um, Javante Williams, seven carries. Um, Melvin Gordon, seven carries for negative four yards. So I'm not sure what they were kind <laughs> well, of going for. I mean, but this is the product of going three and out every this is single true. drive. Yep, they yeah. didn't even have the opportunity to run the ball. Yeah. Because if when you run the first play for one yard, dude. The Broncos, Drew Locke is bad. The Broncos are just Drew Locke is very, very bad. He's very inaccurate. Yeah. But yeah, like that's what any any first down that you gave Drew Locke an incomplete pass, it just took the run out of it the entire that entire three downs. Right. right. And and that was the thing. They couldn't sustain a single drive. They were one for ten on third downs. Right. And the Raiders turned the ball over three times. So yeah. you yeah. had the opportunities. Yes. Yeah. You that, got the that's ball. What, that's what I was gonna say. I wish Drew Locke threw some picks so we could know why Justify, they lost. Yeah. But like he didn't even throw any picks. They yeah. just sucked. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the stats are so weird in this game, right? Vegas wins. Vegas obviously has 22 first downs to eight. They're six to 12 on third down versus one for 10, right? So right there alone, you're like, oh, Vegas dominated this. Vegas, time of possession, 36 and a half minutes to 23 minutes, right? Those three stats in themselves would lead you to believe that Vegas probably won this game by like 40 points. They out yardage gained 342 to 158. I mean, like those four stats right there, you're like, what's the final score of this game? Like 31 to six? But no, Vegas turned the ball over three times. Denver did not turn the ball over. That's the reason they were in this game. But again, quarterback play just not good enough. Yeah. I think you just have to look at this game and be like, okay, what what's going to happen next year? Is Josh Jacobs going to get this, these kind of – because this this is what we expected, right? This is why we drafted this Josh is, Jacobs. This is what he did last year too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you can see that he can – he can put in He's the not numbers. bad. Like he's a good football player. I just think I mean, they're making him seem the yeah. team and the way they construct their run offense makes him for, seem like a shittier runner. First runner-back. half of the season was bad, but the last 5 games he's mm-hmm. had over 70 scrimmage yards in all 5 of those games. So you know, like that's that's enough. Yeah. That's enough to like do so, like 7 points in fantasy. That's just only from the running scrimmage yards. If you add a couple of catches here yeah, and there yeah. and then you're at 10 you're at solid double digits, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So again, eight and seven now for the Raiders, seven and eight for the Broncos. The Raiders have to play the Colts next week in Indianapolis, so it's not going to be easy if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive. And the Broncos are taking on fake news Chargers, so it's a, kind of a game of fake news is there. Um, next game on the board, the Cowboys. We want we've been waiting to talk about the Cowboys, man. I hate the Cowboys. I give them a shit ton of slack all the time. But Dallas was hosting the football team this week and ten and a half point favorites at home and. I mean, they didn't just cover that spread. They annihilated that Dude. spread. 56 to 14. The score was 42 to 7 at halftime. Over under 47 hit at halftime, almost by one team as a whole. The Cowboys, probably the best like individual or I guess complete team performance of the season. Yeah. A statement game. I know the football team, they're six and eight, but they're not a pushover, right? They have a decent defense and and they've been gritty and they've, you know, kept themselves in game. So this was absolutely a statement game. Everything was clicking for Dallas. Offense clicking, passing clicking, running clicking, receivers clicking, yeah. tight end clicking, defense clicking. What, what's funny special is, teams clicking. What's funny is last week I was debating. I was like, do I label the Cowboys like one of the elite teams or not? And I was like they haven't shown us a complete team performance, and boom, here we are. A complete team performance. They just annihilated. The, I have never seen a beatdown this bad in my life. Yeah, it was it's pretty bad. bad. I mean, uh, Washington football team, no answer. Um, they didn't want to be like there. 42 to 7. When's the, the last time half? you've seen one team put up 42 points at half? Like, that just spews the other team doesn't give a shit. Right. No, like, right. <laughs> there's no other way. You could put up that's six possessions, seven touchdowns, six possessions in the first half, every single one leading to a touchdown. But I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, Three thirty for Dak through the air, four touchdowns, no interceptions. They didn't really even have to run the ball much. I mean, Zeke led the way with only nine carries. Yeah, Pollard had eight. 
And then you had the receivers, right? You had Amari Cooper probably has his, what, best game of the season? Seven for 85 and a touchdown? No, no, his best game of the season was the first game of the season. Oh, was it? Okay. But yeah, that's funny. Since then? What's funny is like I was like begging for a touchdown from Amari Cooper and then like got one. Even after the score was so... Yeah. I was like, he's done. He's not going to give me anything, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to make the finals. And then here comes hero Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper out of nowhere getting me into the playoffs. Nice. Yeah, Gibson just keeps being the gift that keeps on giving. And uh, got got a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is this is one of the most uninspiring. Six carries for twenty nine yards, but a touchdown. two catches for twenty nine yards. Yeah, but, but a touchdown. But a touchdown. And and the reason I think and they stopped didn't, using he didn't, him. He didn't play in the second half. Yeah, right. I, mean, I mean they got yeah. shit on. They're down, five, yeah. you know, third five touchdowns or whatever yeah. it is, and he's, he's not. He's got a toe play. injury. So like, I was just happy with what I got. I'm I was shocked that I got what I got. You know, and so. Uh, Gibson owner has got to be happy, especially yeah. for the last two games. I mean, he's finding end zones. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't happy. I was pissed. Because you needed more? I needed more. I'm yeah. down seven points, and I had Gibson and Cooper, so like I needed them both to do well. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that he didn't play in the second half really hurt. But, you know, it's all good. It's all good. It's all about opportunities, yeah. and we get another week to show what we got. So Yeah, the Cowboys, again, 11-4, and four, just a complete domination. Um, again, we talked about the defense, right? We They had, what, how many? Four sacks on Heineke, two interceptions, yeah. and uh, Trayvon Diggs had another interception. So um, fucking Demarcus Lawrence had that return for a touchdown. Dude, that was so insane. They, dude, they have so many – Yeah, they have yeah. so many – players on defense that are like X factor players, right? Like, yes, they have their holes, but they have guys that make fucking plays. And Demarcus Lawrence is an afterthought after you think about, you know, Micah Parkinson's yeah. and Randy Gregory, etc. And Demarcus Lawrence is still so fucking good. So, um, dude, complete performance. Um, if they somehow beat the Cardinals next week, then I think it's officially safe to be like the Dallas Cowboys are probably one of the scariest teams in the NFL. Yeah, they already are. They already are. I still something about Aaron Rodgers I can't get over. Yep. Like since since week one, I'm like, fuck the Packers. God damn it. Here they come again. And I still think as long as Aaron Rodgers is on the field, they're still the team to beat. Yeah. Um but yeah, dude, what you you can't overlook this. No. This type of beatdown doesn't happen no. in the NFL. Teams are not this bad no. ever. Especially in a divisional game. <clears throat> Especially when you just played each other a couple weeks ago and the uh, the football team got embarrassed then too. So you would have thought they would have had some kind of extra mojo, but dude, no. The Cowboys came in here, took care of fucking business. They beat up on a team that they should have beat up on um, convincingly. And now they take on the Cardinals next week. Football team take on the Eagles. The Eagles are still fighting for a playoff spot, so the football team are going to play spoiler there. Uh, that takes us into the Monday night game that hasn't happened yet, guys. That's going to happen here in about under an hour. The Saints are at home. They're hosting the Dolphins. Two teams, 7-7, seven and seven, uh, still fighting for a playoff spot, uh, although the Saints are starting a fourth-string quarterback, Ian Book, out of Notre Dame, who is a rookie, and the Dolphins are winners of six straight, looking to win seven in a row. Yeah. Fun um, fact. No team has ever lost seven games in a row and then won seven games in a row. Ever. Wow. The Dolphins are going to be the first team ever. That's what it looks like. Tell me why the Saints are favored by three here. If I don't I'm know. Reading that Th- right. That's stupid. I don't get that it. That can't be right. There's no way. I refuse to believe that that's right. I mean, are they still hoping Tua makes mistakes? Because no, I'm just. Dude, this, that can't be right. Is that right? No, Miami's favored by three. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I, knew okay. I, fu- I knew I fucked okay. that up. That could not be right. Yeah, Miami is favored by three in New Orleans. Um, typically you don't see that un- over under a very small line here, 38 and a half. It's actually moved to 37 and a half. So it looks like people are uh, the taking the under just because they're not expecting a lot of points. Uh, what are you guys expecting in this game? Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting Waddle to be covered and Devonte Parker to get a more, <laughs> uh, targets there than Waddle. Cause uh, I, I, if I was Lattimore, I would guard Parker. Parker, bigger Park, size. Yeah. Parker's like a, he's a really good wide receiver. Yeah, you know he just gets hurt a lot. You don't get to see him very right. much. But Parker is right up there with yeah. with the Amari Coopers. You know, like these receivers that like you know they think they're the best, but you know they're not. But mm-hmm. but any given Sunday they could play like the best receiver. Parker is like one of the CEOs of that 
category. But Waddle's fast. He can he can get you that explosive like forty yeah. yarder touchdown it, it and all, things like it, that. It all depends on what their scheme is, right? Right. What the Saints typically do is they just shut down the deep threats, right? Yeah. So they allow all the inside stuff, and I feel like Waddle is since he's quicker, yeah. he's uh-huh. faster. They're gonna allow him to catch those, and they're probably gonna prevent. Parker from getting those 30-yard, 40-yard. Yeah, my, my guess is Marshawn Lattimore is going to cover Parker because he's a bigger physical cornerback, and, and Waddle's he, quick. So I don't think Lattimore is going to shadow him in the slot. Waddle's mm-hmm. more of a slot guy. So I, if I had to guess, like you said, a lot of underneath throws is what Tua loves. That's why Waddle's a PPR machine. Yeah. He's going to catch a shit ton of balls. Yeah. Um, but Gusecki. You, yeah, Gusecki. But I, your hope would be that Parker gets like the one touchdown pass yeah. or one of the two touchdown passes. Yeah. I need that. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, the Saints, again, Alvin Kamara is like their entire offense right now. Unfortunately, you know, we we know their receivers aren't really anything. Um, and now they're starting a fourth string rookie quarterback. So yeah, get this. Okay. Let's get this. The Saints have the 32nd overall passing offense, <laughs> right? They're playing against the Dolphins defense who just blitzes the hell. The number one team in blitzing, yeah. right? Playing with a fourth string quarterback. That just screams death. Like that just screams zero points by the Saints offense. That's what that that's what I see. Okay, the Saints offense isn't that good either. Their passing is thirty second, but overall they're thirty first. So their run game hasn't been so much because when you know a team's so one dimensional, you just stop the run, right? Mm-hmm. And you just let these quarterbacks um, throw and just hope for the best. But here's the difference, right? When you have a new quarterback that you have no film on. You don't even know what they're good at. You don't even know what they're bad at. So that kind of favors the new quarterback in in a sense. You know, like yeah. it's like the it's like the ex- unknown unknown yeah. Yeah. unknown yeah. factor yep. because we don't know who this guy is. We don't know how he plays. We don't know anything about him. So right. we'll, we'll it'll be interesting to see what this guy's got. Yeah, I wonder if like the defense can get some interceptions in their own 20, 30 uh, yard line, and then you know some Brant Mayhar. Uh, kicks is what I'm hoping for. Fingers crossed. Yeah, you could get that. You could get that. Yeah. that. That's very, I mean, Tua's, you know, he's been beating down on a lot of bad teams. Yeah. So now he gets to play a good defense for the first time in six games. Yeah. So yeah. We'll see I, I'm thinking goes. script flipped. Even if Tua can't do a lot, I just think the Saints are going to put the f- Miami Dolphins offense in bit, very opportunistic situations because I don't see a situation where Ian Book doesn't turn the football over. Like, I just don't see it. This, the Dolphins, what, are they number one or number two in blitzing or something? They're number one two. of the, Yeah. So they're no, blitzing. Number one. Th- number one. So oh, the Patriots are number two, right? Yeah, I don't or know the Ravens. Team. But yeah, but nonetheless, they're going to be blitzing all over a fucking rookie quarterback who has not sniffed the field in the NFL yet. Yeah. Um, it's going to be really, really tough. And yeah. here's a really funny, random, uh, fun fact about Ian Book. That last, I'm going to, the last three quarterbacks Ian Book has faced are all currently in the NFL. Let me, you guys guess. What? Say, say, say that again. The last three quarterbacks he's faced in Ian Book's last three starts, his uh-huh. last three starts, which would have been in college last yeah. year, are all NFL quarterbacks this year. Joe Burrow? Wrong. Baker Mayfield? Wrong. Okay. Last year. Come on. Yeah. La- oh, last year. Huntley? No. Dang it. I try to go for You guys need one. to go less like wild card and more like big more, known. More big known players. <laughs> oh, uh, what about um, Trevor Lawrence? Yep, that's one. Oh. He Zach, lost 34 to 10 in the ACC Zach title Wilson. game. Zach Wilson? Wrong. David Smills? Wrong. <laughs> Who else is there? Last year? Yeah. And the new quarterbacks. I that well, actually, so two of these starts are last year, and then one of them was um, the year before. The year before. Joe Burrow? No. <laughs> yes. You already guessed that. You already guessed that one, dude. Oh, man. One quarterback is literally playing against him tonight. The Tua? Yeah. So oh, Tua's okay. one. And then the third guy is Mac Jones. Oh, wow. Who? 
Mac Jones. Who? <laughs> so yeah, Trevor so. Lawrence, Mac Jones, and Tua Tagovailoa's last three starts. Lost to Trevor Lawrence, thirty-four to ten, the ACC title game. Lost to Mac Jones in the college football semis, twenty-nine to thirty-seven. Lost and then lost to Tua. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, redemption time. Well, you know, <laughs> we're all we're all here. We're all here in the NFL. That doesn't matter anymore, right? Yeah. So. So yeah, Dolphins favored by three. Should be a fun game here. A lot of playoff implications from a fantasy perspective. Uh, I got the Dolphins defense, which I'm benching because I've already won, but you have a lot on the line. So uh, good luck to whoever's out there and has a lot of implications in fantasy. Uh, That wraps up this week's games. Uh, Let's kick it into studs and duds. Shove it. I'll let you kick us off. Yeah, so my stud is the guy who I repeated twice and said his name <laughs> two times. He's right all now. up on your mind. Yeah, he is. Uh, Joe Burrow with 38.1 fantasy points. He had 525 yards passing. I mean, that guy just like just didn't take his um, feet off the gas pedal, like I said earlier, and just killed it. I mean, so many good targets, so many good throws. Uh, yeah, you get the stud this week. Um, my dud is going to be Keenan Allen. Um, charges against the Texans, only five and a half points. Uh uh, four receptions on 35 targets so uh, four receptions four, 35 yards on four receptions on six targets uh so just didn't do really well dud performance for keenan allen yeah in, in fantasy football playoffs in a very opportunistic right. match against the texans you're probably expecting big things from keenan allen that's fucking dud- dudley as fuck Shashout, what about you uh i'm gonna give my stud medal of the week to aj brown Coming out of nowhere, injured. You know, people ex- don't expect stuff like this from people that just get injured and come back from that. So catching the highest percentage of balls uh, for any player in that team the whole year, uh, catching 11 passes for 145 yards and 26 fantasy points, you get the stud award. Um, dud award, Tyreek Hill. It's not even your fault. Your team is just too good. And sometimes <laughs> they don't need you. And if when you don't get used... Um, you're a dud because yeah. there's fantasy owners out here that are waiting for you to go off. Yeah, probably a lot of playoff and maybe finals players that have Tyreek Hill on their roster. So yeah. uh, expecting a bounce back week from him next week, hopefully. My stud this week, Justin Jackson, guy that fills in for Austin Eckler, fills in very, very nicely. Austin Eckler went on his podcast and said Justin Jackson was a must start this week in fantasy. What did I do? I benched him. What did you do? You benched him. What did you do? You dropped him and then you picked him up and benched him. <laughs> he had 30.1, fan, 30.2 fantasy points, 11 carries only, 64 yards, two touchdowns, eight catches for 98 yards. Dude, it's like Eckler 2.0. Yeah. Like Eckler's gone, we're gonna use the exact the next System running back the exact players. same way. Thirty point two fantasy points. You're the stud of the week, George Kittle. You are my dud, man. Fantasy football playoffs. You know, leading into a finals, and you have two catches and twenty one yards, three point one points after just going off the last several weeks. So that um, that ninety five yard uh, drive where forty nine scored a touchdown. You know how many catches Kittle had? Zero. Zero. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just very unexpected. So we expect more from you, George Kittle. I know your team lost. That's probably why they lost. So you're my dud. Um, one more one more uh, breaking news before we move yeah. on. Uh, Rams are placing Daryl Henderson on the IR. So he's done. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. That's huge. Sony Michelle Cam Akers. Um, yeah, that's that's big. That's big. Um, I have to pick up Sony Michelle somewhere. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. But um, that's the episode, guys. Do you guys have anything else you want to add? No. I mean, shout out to the winners of the... Um, contest contest uh, 10 bitcoins twenty thousand stats <laughs> not 10 bitcoins oh yeah, yeah. ten dollars worth of bitcoin. <laughs> okay. 10 bitcoins that, oh man wow it, where do you think money's fucking coming from no no but um <laughs> computer yeah we have one more week of fantasy implication podcasts and after yeah. that we're moving on to uh, other football podcasts well, i have two weeks my stupid fucking matchups two weeks oh, okay all right well then yeah. we'll just wait yeah yeah two weeks you know some people probably are running through week 18 which is not ideal but uh unfortunately that is for me but if you win tonight 
playoffs next week you are going to be in the finals against you oh man um, only playbook finals that's gonna be fucking awesome that's gonna be fucking yeah. badass. yeah there's so. a lot that needs to happen for me to get there so I hey right now projection wise statistically in a forecasting world you yeah, are forecasted I mean, to make it when you're up 10 points it's always the better position yeah you'd to be rather in. be you than because him. things could happen yeah, yeah, yeah. things could happen yeah uh, but yeah, it should be exciting. Appreciate you guys joining us. Episode 32, we ran through week 16. I think we're going to have to record on Friday this week just because Thursday there's something going on. Um, so Friday will be the next time we see you guys. Again, the three guys, Ben, Devij, and Ashray, we're going to uh, message you guys separately on one of the social media platforms. Thank you guys for engaging. Uh, congrats to the winners. Uh, hope you guys have a happy new year. Actually, we'll probably see you guys before the new year. Yeah, Friday. Yeah. Friday's New Year's Eve. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see you guys on New Year's Eve. We're the only playbook. Thank you so much. <laughs>